glory in the legends of this hard muscle life. And there's poetry in each season made of sweat and strife. But now's the time to work and strain at a sport that tests the spirit and challenges the brain. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Hey, I'd like to have 75 degrees of sunny all the time, too, but that's not football. Do you fear the force of the wind, the slash of the rain? We're going to play us through lightning. Go face them and fight them. Be savage. What are you? What are you? What are you? Forty-two. We're shopping. He's huge. We're shopping for suits as we start the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look at this shit. It's a. It's exactly what Tom wants. It's a limited time special. It's a Ralph Lauren suit. Regularly four fifty dollars on sale for one hundred and thirty bucks. Because you know the PMIC boys are sharply dressed at all times. (laughs) You can even get a vest for thirty dollars. Look at that. 70% We're going to suit up. We're going to we're going to suit up right. For yeah. those <laughs> Tom, I used your suit the other day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's when you lift your arms up like above your waist is it just like you feel like a little kid? Don't you do you both have the same no, wingspan not, just different not heights? his not his suit, the suit from his wedding. <laughs> or his wedding. Yeah. I, Lack I bought thereof. That one. So did I. Yeah, I said I was like <laughs> why am I going to send it back? Why am I, fuck it. I was just going to come back to me. I said, I'll, I'll just buy it for a couple hundred bucks. Extra. And we look and we look fantastic in blue. It matches our pretty eyes. Well, yeah. That's what how, I, much, okay. how much was the purchase option versus rent? Was it like, tw- was it twice or like 25% more? 50? Couldn't I couldn't remember what it was. I couldn't remember why I didn't do that, but they did look really nice. They did. I didn't wear the actual like top suit. I just went open collar. Fucking. Right way to go. Look good. Look good. Uh, well, for those of you who are tuning in late at night on Monday night uh, after the exact posting of this episode, Gregory Porter, who is gracing us with his presence this week, oh, hey, everybody. has found a great sale on men's suits on Macy's.com. So be sure to jump on that. It ends in five hours and 28 minutes. So you'll have so. 28 minutes <laughs> got, to get that after time. the posting of this podcast. Uh, because this is the Put Me In Coach podcast, and we're having a little Monday fun day. At least I am. Uh, I didn't know we were doing that. Yeah, I've been out since three today. It took clanky, a half day. Clanky, clanky. Um, and we decided. And I don't want to pot. party with you guys. And I wanted to party with you guys. <laughs> uh, Euro Cup is on, so I went to, went to a bar to go watch the Spanish freaking tie the Swedes. Um, Good for the Swedes, though. Yeah, that was a big tie for them. Uh, yeah, but welcome into the Put Me in Coach podcast. It has been almost exactly a month since our last episode. Our last episode was. May 10th, and it is now June 14th. Bobby Blanco, Tom Natale, Ian Foster, Greg Porter. That is the foursome. Gregory, again, joining us after... Jesus, I don't know the last time Greg joined us. I have to scroll a little further back down. Um, Put me in Coach Podcast across the board on social media. Be sure to give us a follow. You can also subscribe to the podcast on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Put me in Coach Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Ah, it's been a long time since I've had to do that. I'm surprised I was able to pull that off. (laughs) We got a lot to get to. Like I said, last episode was over a month ago. Um, Since then, let's see. The Caps and the Wizards were both eliminated in the first round of their respective playoffs. Caps way more disappointing than the Wizards uh, as they were the eighth seed against... Actually, the Wizards were... they, They won two games to get into that spot. So that was actually more exciting than the Capitals losing four in a row to the fucking Bruins. 
Uh, Maryland Terrapins blew it again on Memorial Day in men's lacrosse. The women's team did not make it very far. Their baseball team, however, this is tradition. Yeah, fucking time. I fucking hate them so goddamn much. I called it too. I was like, they're gonna blow it. They're gonna fucking blow it. Of course, they played. But then you got a glimmer of all teams. Like you you had a glimmer too, hard glimmer. Yeah, hard glimmer glimmer. Yeah, they had what? What was that? Five unanswered goals in a row. Yeah, it was like to 16 come back. to 11. Yeah. And, or, and then it got or 17. Last time I saw them, they were 17 to 11. That's what it was. It was 17 11. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And I walk outside. <laughs> Scored five minutes no, in the 16, fourth quarter. 16 10, because then after we got this, we got close. And then they got one more. And yeah. we were down two with under a minute left. And we got and then one. Then we got, got one. With 20 seconds left, won the face off. And if that guy puts that ball anywhere, down the field. <laughs> if that guy puts the ball anywhere, but the goalie's chest, it's a goal. <laughs> I can't believe he threw it right at the goalie. The goalie didn't have to I can't to believe move. how open he was. No one stopped him. I mean, Nobody. I kind of get it. They wanted to stop Bernhardt. They didn't want Bernhardt to get it, but just throw it anywhere stop else ball. but stop ball. right at the goalie. I guess uh, that's, why they, that's why they didn't stop ball. Right. I, yeah, let him shoot. I, I never played lacrosse, but I believe what you're saying is correct. He literally had to throw it anywhere other than at the goalie. Um, so yeah, Maryland Terrapin lacrosse is the most goals. frustrating team. Is Maryland Terrapin lacrosse the most frustrating team in the area? I think so. Well, I think tough. of all of them, they've gone to the championship. I think that was their like seventh or 13th. eighth final four in the past was, like ten years, and like yeah, fifth total, championship total, game. It's like their final four total. I think it's like in the teens, definitely. And I'm just talking about like in the past decade, and they've yeah. only won one championship. I mean, that's for a Porter, a state that you, prides itself on lacrosse. That's Horrible. Well, that that was Terrific. what I was going to say, Porter. Do you remember the Robin Williams stand up from like HBO that yes. were like I think from yes. high school talking about lacrosse? <laughs> no, well, he's talking about Canada winning the um the gold for hockey. He's yeah. like, it's your only freaking sport. Yeah, like that's exactly. how I feel with Maryland. Like, yeah. it's like of course you're good at it. You should be good at it. You're yeah, like Maryland's like it's, it's. I mean, Maryland. Maryland, to be fair, to be fair, is to the bottom fair. of. Technically, the Northeast. It's not really the Northeast, but it's it's considered that as far as like we're the we're the we're the last line of lacrosse through the north through the Northeast. So it's like and Connecticut for line. sure, upstate New York, some parts of Pennsylvania. Not really. It kind of skips that state. Uh, Rhode Island for sure, Maine for sure. Uh, those schools is like that's that's all their kids like. They go outside. They don't play little league. They play lacrosse. So, where the where the rich white people live. Even, yes. even, not even rich, and the, you know, regular public school kids and all them too. Like they're 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 stacked over there for a, a like how, you know, people come here to pull people from basketball. They go there to pull people from lacrosse to like go to Ivy League schools like um, um, Stanford and and you know, Ivy else, yeah. Brown. And then again, there, Boston it was College, Boston University. Yeah, well, St. John's and Georgetown Prep were televised in high school lacrosse this week. Yeah, I mean, pretty- just. I mean, some of the, the schools around, around here, here yeah. are the the best schools in the country. Um, yeah. I mean, and it's such a it's one of those sports that I again I say I've never played, but Porter, I enjoy watching it so much because it has it's yeah. one of the ultimate tests of athleticism, in my opinion, because you have your hand eye coordination, the amount of endurance. I imagine you yeah. are running all goddamn it's like, it's like soccer and football midfield of the cross yeah. is so difficult. You're I running the it. entire fucking God, time. I fucking hated it. I'm running the entire de- time. So I only I only had to do it when we were on defense, which thank God. But I would do like I would do face offs or I'd be on um I'd switch up to the like the left wing um for 
face off so that they would like, if we had a right-hander, he'd be sweeping left. So I'd be over there to protect. Um, and then the moment it went on the off or went forward, I would, I would get off or depending on what time I'd be on like actually the D line. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of I mean, fun. It, I loved playing was, lacrosse. It was super fun. Yeah. It's just a sport that has features so much, you know, again, hand-eye coordination, endurance, yeah strategy i mean all of the above that it's a lot packed into one sport you don't see that too often um, well and compared to football uh, one there's less injuries and two it costs less and it definitely costs less than hockey um it's like this weird happy expensive. middle ground of you what know, i what i find to be, to be one of the, sticks are no are not cheap anymore they used they're to not be that up. bad i mean to be honest if you're gonna like because you need like one or maybe if you're if you really need one it'd be good to have like a backup head, but they really don't break anymore. They're, they're made so well yeah. now that, I mean, you really have to try hard to break that damn thing. And as long as you're not getting a cheap, like you can get a one from Joe's or, or Dick sporting goods, excuse me for like 50 bucks. You from and Joe's a really expensive shack. shaft is going to be like 120, like a titanium one or something like that. But you really don't need that. I mean, any kid can, can go there and get like a completely set up head and stick and stick and net and all that and a ball for like 50 bucks. I was making this argument. You would probably agree is that I think if you grew up where we grew up in Montgomery County, specifically in the springtime, I think you are more likely to pick up a lacrosse stick than a baseball bat. 100%. Yep. I should have kept playing baseball growing up and I switched to lacrosse. I was 10 times better at baseball than I was lacrosse, but lacrosse was so much more popular and it's more fun to play. I mean, it's a fast paced game. There's action. You can hit people. Yep. Kids just aren't, bred to like they don't have the attention span to play baseball anymore like you have yeah. to cross is actually sorry no you actually have to like be like born into a baseball family and love baseball to pick baseball over lacrosse in this area now it is very true yeah and i also want to say maybe the one of the ballsiest things i've ever seen are goalies for lacrosse that nuts don't that. have wear any kind of pads on their legs I like that sweatpants how is it, are you? I just don't understand why that's so allowed. Like, why? That that, that doesn't make sense. Like, if dude, I, I think, I think like Edelman, I think he, I don't know if he did or not. He probably, actually, no, he probably wouldn't have because we would have seen it. We would have given him so much shit for it. But wearing like soccer, like shin pads, like underneath sweats. So that's like a hundred mile an hour ball, yeah. a hard one too, going right hard at your ball. Yeah, like, yeah. I've been hit. I've been hit on one of those a couple times. And it's, it's not fun. Not fun. I was telling we you, guys, we knew a guy from high school that got blood clots in his legs from it. He was a goalie. Jesus Christ, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, um, be a better goalie. <laughs> I was telling Megan, there's like no such thing as being a goalie in the cross anymore. Those guys are so fucking good at shooting. Being goalie is just luck now. Like you, because like you see guys winding up from ten yards away and throwing the ball over 100 miles nope. per hour, you have zero chance to realistically stop the ball. You're just throwing your stick up and hoping it sticks. You're trying to look for their eyes.Ah. And you're just it's a guessing game. It's not actually goaltending. You're just trying to get lucky. Well, and, uh, and especially they're so good, just, they can place the ball wherever they want now. Yeah. It's also amazing locally that you know when we were growing up as kids, it was mostly played just amongst like the, the private school um, section of, of the area. And I mean... It soon you you had varsity level in public public schools, but now I mean you have programs. You have JV, you have varsity. I mean, it has really become like this region's you have premier a- sport AAU style travel leagues. Mm-hmm. When when Wooten won a state championship, and I think two thousand and 
17, maybe. It was like late teens. I don't know exactly when it was, but it was definitely, it was a definite progression of like Wooten lacrosse had just gone up and up and up and up and Mm -hmm. up and better and better and better. And part of that was because our head coach, coach Thompson was an elementary school PE teacher to the school down the street that fed into Wooten. And he started his kids off early who families had never, you know, wouldn't have thought to put their, like there really weren't little like Bantam league lacrosse programs he would be teaching them lacrosse at elementary school and getting them interested oh, wow. in it and then moving them into, and he, he started his own feeder program. We had kids when I was a senior that were, had been his student uh, since they were like, you know, first grade and we're in like, you know, select lacrosse leagues or whatever coming in and starting, starting freshmen. Cause uh, you, you never played it like until ridiculous until high school, right? Yeah. I never played on a, on a team team until high school. I played club uh, and rec eighth grade, I started seventh grade because I was a manager for the high school team because my PE teacher was the coach at the time at Kevin John, Coach Sue. Sue. Uh, and he would he, he would drive me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would drive huh. me and um, uh, oh, what is William? Oh, my God. Wang. Ian. Um, big dude, beard, Will. Will. Um, Oh my God! What was his name? Williams? No, 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 no! I showed you. I show you a picture of him. You recognize him immediately. Oh man, that's that. That hurts. I feel bad not remembering. Not Lazarte. He's definitely no, no, listening no, 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 to. No, not so Lazarte. He, he went to elementary school with us. He went cool. to. He was one of the few that went to Cabin John, and uh, still in elementary school. Yeah, wasn't uh, that Will, Will Williams? Is it Williams? It was a big guy. I only remember one Will. Big guy. Yeah, kind of, kind of. I mean, super smart on, uh, on the heavy set side. Yeah, yeah. I think. Will, I think maybe, it's, maybe Will Waters. Will Waters. Waters. That's what it is. Nailed it. Yes. I knew it was a WW. Him and I. Him w- and I w- were w- um, athletic uh, coaches together. We were the the team like bottle water boys, towel guys. Um, we go like to practice. Managers. Yeah, managers. There you go. That's a politically correct term. <laughs> I, I was a manager. Well, this is the first time we've discussed the cross in a PMIC I... history. <laughs> yeah. What'd you say? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the first time we've talked lacrosse in PMIC history. Well, yeah, because it sucks. <laughs> what were you going to say? Ian? What were you going to say, Ian? My biggest regret to not play lacrosse. Uh, God, I can't My imagine. dad always said my best sport was swimming. I hated it. <laughs> Long. And the sport that he wanted me to play the most was lacrosse. Which I definitely should have played the cross. I mean, if we were if we were younger, if we were Bobby's age, you probably would have. Like it was still taboo at that time. No, he got me a lacrosse stick at like fucking thirteen. I just didn't care. For oh wow! It, <laughs> yeah, it was you, you it were, was you always were, big. Like I grew were, up in my neighborhood. I grew up around it constantly. Like my neighbors played lacrosse. Yeah. Like we all we all played lacrosse. Like it, it was literally we got too old for soccer for MSI. And you either did something else. So, like, I think I did Little League for a little bit, and I hated it. It was just boring as fuck. And I think my dad was, like, a coach for a season, and, like, that at that age didn't go well at all. So I stopped doing that. Um, and then just got really into – at that time, I was playing hockey. Um, and, like, hockey and lacrosse are, like, two, like, opposite side sports. So it matches up perfectly. You're done with hockey season, you start lacrosse season. And they're basically the same players. Transferable, though. Yeah, yeah all the hockey players played lacrosse. Yeah. 
Yeah, Ian was playing basketball um, every single day, every, every days day. that ended in Y. <laughs> every single one. Yeah. For like four hours after school, every single day. And I played it at least three different periods during school because I would play it during my basketball period. I'd skip one class. I was a grade A student. <laughs> Go to basketball <laughs> class. And then during my lunch period, I would play basketball. <laughs> Sounds about right. All right. Well, you never know what you're going to hear when you turn into the PMIC podcast. Get 16 oh, minutes on the cross. Does my dad listen? Dad, I didn't skip school. I didn't Yet. Class. <laughs> um, all right. So we wanted to start, actually, because we haven't been able to discuss baseball at all. Oh, yeah, that's going um, too. So that's actually what we were going to start off with. And uh, I was going to start um, in Baltimore where I, I know as far as where the standings are, you know, both the Nats and the Orioles are both in last place respectively. But, um, you know, as far as the Orioles are concerned, it really wasn't about uh, this year. It, it's really what's going to become, you know, from here and on to the future. Um, and right now it looks like the Orioles future is, is really, really bright. I thought he was gonna say something. <laughs> oh no, saying bright like uh, going up. That's all you. Shine doggy. bright it's like a diamond. I mean, yeah. I mean, the I mean, the Orioles have I think a top five farm system. That's like a first time ever for their franchise. Um, Dominicans. Some Dominicans, <laughs> yeah. We got some. The number two overall prospect helps too. Um, I think not the number one overall pitching prospect now, too, in Grayson Rodriguez. Um, and like Tom said, they're in last place, but they're setting themselves up for another top three draft pick next year. I think they have five this year after a wacky 2020 season, but they'll be back in the top, probably top three again next year. So that's, you're looking at four straight years with top five draft picks for a team that already has a solid foundation and a farm system. Um, they're going to be good. Give it, I mean, I bet you. They're not going to finish close to 500 this year, but I bet you they're closing around 500 next year, and then the year after that, they're competitive. And they got three young all-stars already. Most Well, at least should be all-stars, and, and John Means and Cedric Mullins. I mean, Cedric Mullins fucking came out of nowhere. He was he was, he was highly regarded coming out when he first came up a couple of years ago, and he was like touted as the guy to replace Adam Jones in center field. And then the following season, he totally bombed, got demoted all the way down to double A, not even triple A, double A, was having a shitty season there. And now all of a sudden, he can't not hit right now. I mean, he is unfreaking believable. And he's playing amazing defense. He seems like he's a highlight every single night. And I mean, he should a, be starting in the All Star game. Uh, he probably, and he, and is because, he, because he plays in Baltimore and his name is Cedric Mullins and not, you know, I don't know who's leading in the American League, you know, uh, John Carlos Stanton or Aaron Judge. He is like last place in the outfielding all-star voting. But he has been absolutely crazy. This John Means is probably the best left-handed starting pitcher in baseball uh, when he's healthy. He, he's hurt again right now. Jay Mancini, I mean, not just what he did off the field, but what he's doing on the field right now is an unbelievable story. He's going to make the all-star uh, game just by um, again, eating cancer and- alone. And comeback player of the year. I'm I mean, that's a already given. a shoe in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, it, it's hard. It's, I mean, for as some, I mean, Ian probably can speak to this better. You know, obviously, Uma would speak to this if he was here, but someone who's looking forward to competitive Orioles baseball, 
again soon. Like it's hard watching them day in and day out right now, but you got to be excited about a year or two from now. Like they're going to be <laughs> fun to watch. But uh, it's literally the only thing that makes it worth it, though. Because before, when we were just treading water, before we had Elias, that was when it was hard. And we were playing better baseball. We had a better record. But at least now, like, I got no qualms. Let's go. Like, all right, you want – they're going out there. They're competing. You want to give me a top five pick while we're at it? Fucking hit me. I was going to say – I, I was going to say, I mean, this is – if you're a diehard Orioles fan, and you know I, I, I still root for the, this is almost best case scenario. Whereas yes, I agreed, your young players are showing up in Mullins, Mancini, and Means every single night, and they are going to be all stars, and they're getting the attention they deserve, and they are putting up numbers that are great signs for the future, while also finishing in last place and getting another top three pick next yep, year. Yep. So that's, that's literally that is, best case scenario for the Orioles right now. Perfect. If if you look up at the blueprint in terms of how to properly rebuild is improve with your young with your improve with your younger talent, but keep losing so you can continue to acquire um, high draft picks and as well as if you have any veterans that are doing well, okay. Send them off. Bye. Send Give us some more prospects. And, Just and I mean don't that, trade fucking Mancini. Please and thank you. Well, I feel like they're that's kind of like yin and yang. I feel like there's players that go beyond being tradable. Like, and I feel like you, I mean, a GM has to take the emotion out of it because you would think, yeah, Mancini would be an excellent trade piece. You'd probably be able to get a, a plethora of, of prospects for him. Um, at the same time, I mean, I feel like he means too much to the organization, too much to the fan base. And, you know, Uma was the one that comped Mancini to Ryan Zimmerman a year ago, two years ago, maybe. and Multiple years ago. I mean, the Nats kept on to Zim for years when we were the worst team in the league for reasons very similar to Mancini, that he's, you know, you need a face of the franchise. You need someone to help season tickets and, and someone that also has embraced uh, the hometown. And, like, there are there's value beyond just the back of your baseball card. And I feel like he is um, – is an example of that. And even him coming back from cancer one year later is just, you know, a storybook type of ending. So yes, I would agree. I would not trade him unless, you know, everyone's got an offer of that, but still. Yeah. I, it's, it's almost, I mean, also Mancini, I think has like another year or two left of control. So Mm -hmm. you, it's like a yin. I mean, not yin yang. It's like a yeah. But but then again, the, the the counterpoint to that is okay. If you have more years of controllability, the more prospects you would be able to get. Right, but I'm saying like, that that means that drives his price higher. And I don't mean I don't know who's going to be desperate enough to give up that price tag for. Mm-hmm. You know, usually you see guys looking for teams looking for rentals, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know. You know, maybe outside of like. And they wouldn't trade in division, so it wouldn't go to like New York or Tampa or or Boston, I guess. But like, I don't know if a team like the Dodgers would really need, or or San Diego would really need. But then they don't have a DH. They don't need the offense. So no. it's just I don't know what where you would find a landing spot for a first baseman, other than outside the American League with the with the DH, and then also have a team that has the prospects to give up because he's going to cost a lot because he has controllability. Um, sure. So looking at their roster right now, I don't see. I mean, if we're talking about trade deadline, there's not too many names that jump out as trade pieces because the names that you would think would 
you would want to trade. You, you want to hold on and build, make that the core, right? Like means Mancini, oh. now Mullins, um, Santander, when he gets healthy uh, and produces more consistently, Ryan Mountcastle, he's still technically a rookie, so he's not going anywhere. Uh, the only names that jump out are Michael Franco and Freddie Galvis, and they're not having good enough seasons to, yeah. to trade into anything. Well, what's interesting is ESPN published an article today by Bradford Doolittle, um, new band it. name called it, and um, MLB trade deadline goals for all 30 teams. And he lists, he goes from one to 30, like best team in baseball to worst. And what he has with the Orioles is um, top trade candidates, John Means, Cedric Mullins, Paul Fry. Uh, and he said, uh, you know, Means is, tw- I didn't know John Means is 28. Yeah, he's not, he's a young, I mean, he was in their system for a long he's time. He's older. So, you know, if he, and they're expecting, I mean, is this as good as he's going to get? And if that's in fact the case, then, uh, I mean, that is a heck of a trade ship, but. But he's not a free agent um, until 2025. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so that still going would be, through our, he's not even arbitration yeah. eligible until after this season. Yeah. So it, it goes, the question he said, does Baltimore see means as a f- still fronting the rotation when it switches to winning mode or do the Orioles see him as uh, see his success as an opportunity to acquire more picks, which is a, I mean, I get that. That's a fair question to ask, but um, I did not know. I mean, I thought he was early twenties. Um, yeah. Then again, I feel like age is not as important with baseball. I mean, you're looking at what Max Scherzer, what he's doing at 37, Justin Verlander still doing this in his late thirties. I know he's hurt right now, but I mean, especially for pitchers, the shelf life of them is, is a lot longer than what you would anticipate, at least um, in comparison, like position players. Yeah. He's 28, just turned 28, but he's only pitched in 54 games in his career. That's not that many being a 28 year old, you know, when, Steven Strasburg was 28 and that obviously had, he's a once in a generation talent, number one overall draft pick, but you know, he had already pitched probably like 150 games, like, you know, hundred more games than that. So he still got mm-hmm. so much left in his tank and that's a fresh arm right there. He's, he's going to be a two time all-star at the end of this season. He was a runner up for rookie of the year, uh, that year back in 2019. Uh, I mean, I, I, he's got to be because he is. You have him until twenty. You have his control until twenty twenty five. I, you're not. I don't know what you would. Why it's worth trading him off right now? No, absolutely, absolutely. Because and, by that you know, point, then, if twenty twenty four or twenty five, you're anticipating Rushman to be up and all these top prospects, and you're competing, and then you have John Means for the heart of his career. You know, yeah. pitching his best then, and leading the rotation. In addition, I think being in the AL East is also really vital to this because you, the Orioles already have a disadvantage being in the same division as two teams that are willing to pay and go above the luxury tax threshold every single season, no matter what, in the Yankees and Red Sox. And that is really, really hard to compete with regardless. Like, and so the, for, the, for the Tampa Bay Rays, and basically I, I feel like the Orioles are kind of going by that Rays blueprint of um, you know, having just to do this organically. And then once you have all these trade chips and these veterans, then use the capital for, you know, acquiring other uh, veterans come the trade deadline and stuff like that. I mean, that's basically what you guys did for, you know, what, six, seven years um, in the early 2010s. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right. Uh, I wanted to go down south a little bit to the Nationals as they are currently in last place at 
27 35 and they are seven and a half games back from the Mets. Um, this has been a disappointing season. This has certainly not been, they have not been meeting expectations. And I, Bobby, I've said this a number of times. I mean, we had the oldest team in baseball two years ago with the world series. This was inevitable in my opinion. Um, and I wrote down in my notes, they're old, expensive and fragile. And, um, you know, I know there's a lot of talent on this team still, but I feel like we have, if you look at the sample size from 2020 and the sample size from now, I mean, you're looking at, just look at the run differential. Um, every team in the NL East is around an even run differential besides the Mets at plus 17. We are minus 26. And that's an improvement. Yep. And, and that a couple is weeks an improvement. Ago, it was like minus 50 something. You know, and I... I know it's frustrating. I know they're, they're not really fun to watch at the moment, but you know, this is not to put a fork in this team, but essentially if we've been competitive for nine consecutive years with championship aspirations, that is a hell of a job by Mike Rizzo and company in this front office and everything. Um, it's just, you know, this, this was bound to happen. Um, you know, I, I know there's, I'm not saying we need to sell, right now at the end of this sentence, I mean, wait till you get to the trade deadline to see where this team is at in a month. Um, but, you know, when everyone says comparing this to 2019, oh, yeah, well, we were 1931, 1931. Well, we had Anthony Rendon. And we, we had players that were two years younger. Steven Strasburg was healthy. Um, I mean, you, you had a – Sean Doolittle was, was playing at an all-star level too. Like, it's just – this is not the same team. And I just feel like realistically – um, Mike Rizzo really has to take a look and, and see what this team's projection at projected at um, going into this. And I, I just, it, it doesn't look good. And, and frankly, that's okay. Like this is, this is what happens. <laughs> you know, you, you're good for a number of years, then your players get older and you start anew. It is what happens. Um, yeah. And I think, I also think anyone would have a, taken this for the world series championship yes. it was 100 yeah. worth it um i think they caught lightning in a bottle that one year obviously the 1931 turnaround you mentioned the oldest roster i mean that that's what kind of frustrates and annoys me more so annoys me actually is when the fan i mean i i'm a positive guy too but people are saying are trying to compare this year to 2019 mm-hmm. and being like well it did in 2019 it's it's completely different because you mentioned yep. the roster not only that but that's a one. I mean, what they did that year, that was a once in a lifetime thing too. That's only ever, that's never happened before, and there's a reason yeah, that's never happened literally. before because that teams don't requ- recover from that deficit. And and uh, I think that the you're right. The the roster that they have built, when you build your roster around starting pitching, and that starting pitching doesn't hold up its end of the bargain outside of yep. Max Scherzer. Yeah, you got Strasburg injured more often than not. Now he's pitched. Only since becoming the World Series MVP, I want to say he's only pitched seven, eight seven or eight games. That's yeah. insane. Now, short in 2020 season, but still. Um, and you don't have – you have Josh Bell and Kyle Schwarber just now in the middle of June starting to come along, mm-hmm. which is two months too late. I know they had a COVID yeah. spat at the beginning of the season, but that's still way too late for the offense. You have the offense that has the worst batting average – with the bases loaded, you have the highest ground ball rate in baseball. Uh, you have <laughs> that was just Tom's misery. 
in a nutshell. It's just <laughs> oh, extra just players and runners in scoring position. It's my version of of Bobby watching receivers drop the ball. It, it, Ian's version of missing free throws. I, I just is, I can't oh do it. God. But I the thing is, it. it's like I didn't know the stats were like that though. I knew they were bad. Oh, they're terrible. It's bad. They're I didn't know they bad. were the worst. They're the worst at putting the ball in the air, and they are the worst at hitting with the bases loaded and people on base. Um, and it's by a lot too. I, their batting average, it's insane. With the bases loaded, their batting average, I think, is like one forty-seven. No other team hits below two hundred. It's insane how bad they are with the bases loaded. And you, I haven't personally done. I don't know if anyone has so gone back and see if a couple of those knocks land where they would be right now. I would imagine it's a little better, but I don't, I'm not saying that they will be in first place because of it, but they would be a lot better where they are. The only positive yeah. I would say, though, Tom, is that they are in last uh, place. Their run differential is getting better, even though it's minus 26. Yep. And they're only seven and a half games back. They are the only last place team with uh, a game deficit in the division of single digits. Yeah. They're a half and, game back of Miami. They're only two and a half back of Atlanta. They I mean, they need a hot streak. They haven't had a winning streak of more than three games, I think, this year. Maybe um, Patrick Corbin can stop being the worst pitcher Patrick in Corbin, baseball. I mean, going back to the going back to pitching, Patrick Corbin hasn't he's been his. So he's so bad. John Lester can't even complete five innings. Uh, what the heck happened? <laughs> Eric Fetty has been there outside of Max. Eric Fetty has been their best, been pitcher the best pitcher this season. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. going into the season. Know, it's- you can't you know what that. I noticed? What I noticed with baseball is baseball kind of reminds me of like a math problem, where you know if you're like starting your your work solving some kind of equation, and if you get step one wrong, then the entire formula is screwed. And if you remember going into the season, Bobby, the goal was Victor Robles leadoff, Trey Turner second, Juan Soto third, Josh Bell fourth, you know, so on and so on. Um, that lasted about a week or two, and because it, it's just we have a large enough sample size, in my opinion, that Victor Robles, who has gold glove caliber defense and should win a number of gold gloves in his career, hopefully, but to expect anything from him um, on, the, on offense, it, it's just not going to happen. And then not to mention how negligent he is on the base path. I mean, what he did a couple nights ago was just – you know, Victor bad. Robles to a T. And bad. yeah, go ahead, Bob. Oh, I was gonna. I just said that was bad. That was that was pretty bad. My, my only thing with yeah. Robles is that I, I I do think he should be leading off. His on base has never been better in his career, and it's better when he is in the leadoff spot as opposed to eight or nine. Yeah. But as of late, aside from the injury, he's been sort of producing, and he's still getting on base, which he hasn't yeah. done in the past, which is good. His average isn't yeah. where it should be, but he's he's getting on base, and you know. Like everyone says, you're only in that one spot for the first time through the order, and then it doesn't matter where you're hitting after that for the rest of the game. So, like, I think he scored yeah. a run tonight because um, he was on base ahead of Trey Turner. So, like, it doesn't well, really matter where well, he, to an extent where he well, made in the lineup. Well, the thing is, and it, it's still like, and probably the reason, the justification as to why we re-signed Steven Strasburg as opposed to Rendon because we pretty much had to choose between one or the other. And but our bedrock is starting pitching and typically starting pitching. I mean, good pitching beats good hitting more often than not. And so for years and years, we've had offenses that are dull are, are you know, uh, slumps are inevitable in a sport in which you play 162 games, of course. But we've always relied upon 
okay, well, we have Max Strass and whether it was Geo or Doug Fister or Tanner Roark or, you know, the list goes on where, well, these guys can still pitch, can still pitch, have quality starts every single time. Uh, well, when you don't get that, you know, there's each year we don't have effective starting pitching. We don't go to the playoffs. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, you are paying that Patrick Corbin contract is going to look really, really bad if he continues to pitch like this. And it's pretty much been a year long sample size that he is. I don't know what happened after, you know, 2019, but his velocity is down, his spin rates down, his slider that was a wipeout slider at one point, one of the most effective pitches in all of baseball. Um, it's just not there. And um, again, would you, would you take that contract knowing that you would win the world series? Because yeah. of him? Yes. Yeah. A thousand percent. Without, without, without question. With, with, with 1000%. And so really, you know, because he was guess, an integral part of winning that world series. Oh, we, I don't think we would have won game seven without him. No way. Um, no. And yeah. And, and um, I don't know, maybe he's, he spent too much time on the QAnon boards, but, you know, um, <laughs> oh, he's one of them. Fucking idiot! Yeah. I don't know if he's QAnon, but he's always oh, one of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's a Q, but he's definitely a right. Yeah, tidy. yeah. You know, you know. It's let's say, Bobby, if this team, if this is still the same team we're seeing a month from now, would you? Okay, would you? I mean, this this hurts me to say. But what's the point of keeping Max Scherzer for the duration of this season if we're going to be seven games under 500, if we're not even close to getting in the playoffs? Like you, we just talked about with the Orioles. I think one of the Baltimore's biggest mistake was they're probably a year or two too late in admitting the rebuild, which probably set them back. Ian, you, you probably agree with that, where yeah. like, look, it, I, I can't. Max Scherzer is probably the greatest free agent signing, maybe in baseball history, at least in DC sports history. Maybe in sports history. Yeah. Like, Ooh. you know, I, no one will wear number 31 ever again. He's a first ballot hall of famer, hopefully as a net, but he's going to be, a you net. know, uh, you know, at the same time, I mean, if this team is where we're at in a month from now, I mean, what are we doing? Like I'm fielding calls on Max, on Jan Gomes, on Kyle, Kyle Schwarber, on Brad Hand, on, Daniel Hudson, I mean, like, what if we're going to be this bad, then let's be bad with our young players and get more prospects and see who's going to be a part of this team for the future. And it's not necessarily a death sentence because you still have Juan Soto and hopefully you can re-sign Trey Turner to a long-term contract. So it, it's not the end of the world, but, I mean, this is what you're supposed to do if you have a bad product and you have aging veterans that are expensive. And we've kind of seen this before, too. If you look back at 2018, they kind of admitted they were out of it too late because they too traded. Uh, we should have traded Bryce. I wanted to trade him. I don't know about trading Bryce, but they traded Daniel Murphy and they traded um, Geo. Uh, Geo and Matson, I think it was, too late. They mm -hmm. traded him in past the deadline, so they had to non-tender them first, and then... Uh, they didn't get they got they got like players to be named later in cash back for them instead of like actual top prospects. Yeah. Um, I think I don't know. I don't want to speak too too negatively about them. Um, obviously, given my professional sure. uh, stance, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I do think that there is a level of there's a level of pride in the organization and the front office in that they are. 
and I, I, as a fan, I would hope this is the way you think. They are not a team. They did the rebuild. They don't have to do it again. And I think that mm-hmm. they are counting on making it competitive, making a run at it this year, um, and sticking with it. Now, I think if we're looking at it and we're still seven games back a month from July, the problem is, to me, that that's almost worse. Being where we are right now is like is like we always talk about like it's in not the bad NBA, enough in the it's not bad enough and it's not good enough. It's yeah. not good enough to say we have a legit shot at this, but it's also not bad enough to completely bail out. Yeah, uh, I think they fair. need to be closer to like ten games out or closer to like three games out to be like okay, they have a chance of making a run at this. Um, but I I have this bad feel like this is the word like Tom and we we went twenty nineteen. Early 2019 is when Tom and I were at each other's throats almost every single night talking about baseball because Tom mm-hmm. was ready to quit. And I was like, you can't quit. It's May. It's too early. And then yeah. look what happened. This is the first time that I am 100, not 100%, but very close to agreeing with you. I have a terrible feeling about this season. I think, and I'm calling it right now, make it, let it be known. I think they're going to make a run right before the all-star break. They're going to win oh, like boy. seven or six games in a row right before the break. And cut it to like four or three games. And then they're going to take a week off. And they're going to lose all that momentum. And go butt cold. And come out of the all-star break. And be exactly what we're seeing right now. And then they're going to fall back. And they're just going to be that eight. Which is, honestly, Bobby, that's worst case scenario. It's it's going to be the glimmer. You're going to have a glimmer right before the all-star break. And then the all-star break is going to take that away from you. Because they're going to go cold having that time off. Because I think this team... And this is true for pretty much for a lot of baseball teams because it's a day in and day out thing. I think this team has run into some terrible scheduling luck, and that's not blaming mm-hmm. anybody. But to me, I feel like every time they get hot, they have an off day or they have to travel somewhere, and it just doesn't carry over. They need to play like 11 games in a row, get hot at the start, and have that carry through that stretch because whenever they have an off day, it seems like it comes right after they win two or three good games in a row, either pitching matchups or offensive outburst. And then they go cold because they had a day off for no reason. Like they have two days off on this homestand for no reason. Why do they have a day off? They're just sitting at home doing nothing. And then they come back and they can't carry that momentum over. I just feel like that's just been their bad luck this season. And I think we're going to see them get hot right before the all-star break. And they're going to go butt cold and they're, they're going to be what they are. I think this is what they are. They're going to have teams that they're going to have nights where they look like they're a very good team. And they're going to have nights that are going to make you pull your head out of your head. The the difference also between this and 2019 is the Mets are a lot better than they were two years ago. The Phillies are a lot better than they were two years ago, as were the Braves, as were the Marlins. All four of those teams are significantly better than they were. So, sure, yeah, you can can go on a bit of a run. Who's to say one of those four teams can't also? Um, True. That's the thing, too. My my big thing with... with I mean, this is again true about many sports, but most so baseball because you play so many games. Is that you have to take care of your business in the division, and if you if you look back, all the years that they made they made the playoffs and didn't make the playoffs, the years they made the playoffs, they had winning records against the teams in their division. Every time they missed the playoffs, they had losing records against teams in their division. Right now, they have a losing record. They only have, I think, two wins against the Braves all season long. They've Don't only, watch a game with me watching the Braves. Oh, they swept the Marlins, but you're supposed to sweep the Marlins. Uh, I think they <laughs> have lost. Uh, I think they've only won one or two games against the Phillies. Uh, they've only won a couple against the Mets. They have to take care of their business against teams 
uh, in their division and teams they should be, like they're playing the Pirates this week. They just won three two. Great, you need to sweep the Pirates. The Pirates are gonna have the number one overall pick next year again. You need to sweep a bad team. If you're gonna be a good team, you need to sweep a bad team. Um, if not, then you're you're you are what you are. Yeah. Um, last thing I wanted to talk about with baseball is it, it's come to I know everyone's attention that pitchers throughout the entire league are are using something whether it's some kind of adhesive or some kind of substance of some sorts that's in their glove. And it's now out in the open. And Including John Means. I was going to say and- that. <laughs> I was going to say, remember when John Means threw his no-hitter and we we're all like, oh, shit, he cheated. And now everyone's I kept on dude- texting the next day. I was like, look, like here it is. Here's yeah. the video. Even Umo he- admitted it. And He did. He was... And I was like, oh, shit, he cheated. And now everyone's doing it. It's like, oh, he didn't cheat. He's just doing what everyone else does. Yeah, and it, it's just, like, I mean, the same thing with steroids. Like, okay, yeah. Well, the thing, like, well, if they're doing steroids, oh, I got to do them too or else I'm out of a job. Well, okay, if, if Garrett Cole is using some kind of <laughs> adhesive, I'm going to use an adhesive too or I'm out of a job. <laughs> so, that just doesn't count. Sorry, no, you. Yeah, I, I would just say – um you know, I know baseball has, you know, a history throughout the, its entirety of the sport that they've always, players have always found different ways for a competitive advantage, whether it was Babe Ruth and, and Uppers or, you know, Mark McGuire and HGH. It, it's, it, it's always something. It's Chris just, Davis I don't know how, you know, ba- baseball is in, in trouble right now. And I mean, if you're looking at, like, what about Garrett Cole's stats where what he was doing and then he got potentially caught with this adhesive and look at his numbers since then. It's, it's substantial. Did you see though, uh, uh, Josh Donaldson? His response was, well, no, that was terrible. No, but do you I see didn't. Josh Donaldson called him out and then he, he, I think, uh, Cole struck him out on like three pitches and like stared him down. <laughs> I hate Josh Donaldson ever since that, he was at the Blue Jays. So, yep. But uh, I mean, it's 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 worth. I think this is like very unique in that, by the letter of the law. I mean, I can't think of anything else in sport where this has happened. By letter of the law, it's cheating, but it's cheating that is probably good for the game and that it helps players' safety. Like I, more control. Batters have even batters have said they yeah. We're allowed to use pine tar on our bat so they don't go flying out of our hands. Why can't they use that on a, on a ball to make sure they don't hit us in the head? I mean, did you see uh, Austin Voth get hit in the face? Yeah, that was bad. That, that was bad. That Phillies pitcher had no control at all that entire game. It wasn't just that pitch. He hit Victor Robles, too, who <laughs> always gets hit, but still. Uh, he had no command of the strike zone, and he was throwing 100 miles an hour. That is fucking dangerous. From 60, 90 feet away, 60, 60 feet away. I mean, that's super dangerous. If give them more control of the ball, I, I, I think nowadays with spin rate and shit, I don't think it really matters. I, the way the baseball is going, yeah, you'll get more strikeouts, but you're also going to give them more home runs. That's just the way it is. I, I would rather see player safety take the front of this as opposed to, well, we've always done it, so you can't use pine tar, so you shouldn't be able to do it now. Shut up, old white men. That's wrong. What, what about... Like so it almost feels like, and not to dispel, dismiss John Means is no hitter. That was amazing, and any no hitter is amazing. But now it feels like every week there's no hitter. Like I, I feel like it's losing its lore, if if that's a proper way to describe it. Yeah, 
it definitely has lost its luster, I think, in my mind, because mm-hmm. we're on pace. We've already seen six, seven this year. It feels like every week there's a, there's there's a threat. I think the season record, like the most in a single season, is like eight, and we're on pace for like fourteen. Wow! So it's like what? Like yeah, I think and like I think you just said, Tom, a threat. There's been a threat many times now. Mm-hmm. Every single night, I get a push notification from MLB.com yeah. saying, "Yeah, he's got no hitter through six. He's got no hitter through seven. It's like okay, I'm not tuning in anymore because I've seen it seven times already this season." Now it's still an amazing accomplishment. Throwing a no hitter in the major leagues is no, nothing to like, you know, scoff at. But I think the more it happens, you're right. The more it's like not that exciting for a casual fan. That's fair. I mean, I've seen other different ways to combat this. Whether you want to move the mound back or something, but you know, I, I think what baseball needs to figure out is, you know, when your core demographic is 35 and up white guys you're in a bit of trouble. And, you know, what I love about hockey is they're fine. And Bill Burr said this best. He goes, because he's an avid hockey fan, Porter. Um, he goes, what's wrong with, That's weird. he goes, what's wrong with being a millionaire? We don't need to be a billionaire like the, like the NFL and the NBA. It's fine. It's fine. Like, yeah, we, we have enough money. money. Like, and, and if baseball is fine being third fiddle in this country, then then fine, great. Then stick to the rules that you have. But if not, then if you want to continue to grow the game and, and, and compete with the NBA and compete with the NFL, because it's not the national pastime anymore and hasn't been for a long time. And um, if that's the way that they want to go about it, they got to find ways to adapt. And I, I, I don't have an answer for it. I don't know. Um, but it, it's, it, I feel like we're kind of like in a gray area with a sport and, um, you know, whether you're going to have uh, no longer p- like hitting pitchers in the national league, you know, the seven inning double headers, the, um, the extra innings rule. I mean, I, I know they're, they're trying to find ways to, I, I guess, improve the, the gameplay, but I mean, it's still, Oh, that's a storm. Um, it's I was still just not... about to say, if we cut out, it's because there's a storm happening right now yeah. above DC. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's going been it's been going crazy in Baltimore right yeah. now. So if, it was hailing. I got six ring doorbell notifications that someone's at my door because it was hitting the door so hard. It was it was knocking the ring loose. <laughs> so if I, I don't I don't th- I don't know how uh, we've never lost power in our our house yet. So if we lose power, that is why. But yeah. continue. Are we saving? Bobby, are we actually recording? Yeah, we're, we're recording. But like, are if we lose sure? power, my computer. Will, I'm recording on the roadcaster. Sure? Yes, I, want, yeah. I just I just checked. We're at 50 okay. minutes. Okay, okay, okay. All just right. Checking. Well, checking. just saying. that's a that's a good way to to finish baseball, I suppose. We want to get into the baseball. NBA. Um, I will say, Ian, baseball has a shit ton to fix, and it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. It's not. Has be. anybody started Brockhammer yet? Did they finish it? Anybody? No, not yet. I've already, see, I've already seen. Watch it. fucking Brockmire. Also, I'm gonna start season two tonight, but seventy sixers going on. No, 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 no. It's four seasons. They ended it. Um, there's uh, last season was 2020. Um, they're not renewing it, and that would make sense watching the show. I could have sworn uh, Tom said to talk basketball, not Gregory's. <laughs> Excuse me. How dare you? This show sucks. <laughs> put, a little, put a little football in them and see what happens. Yeah. Um, Fantasy well, football. Um, 
All right, moving on to the NBA, the Wizards lost in five as the eighth seed to Philly to no surprise at all. Philly um, just lost to the Hawks, though. They just choked, so Philly sadness at all times. Please and thank please, you. Please and thank you. Um, even though, dude, Trey Young gets just shit on no matter where he plays. Like, what the Knicks fans were saying to him was just mean. But he told him <laughs> to shut up. He won. Ian, how, how are these playoffs been so far? I've really, I mean, I love I playoff enjoyed. basketball. I mean, compared to last year, last year was the best playoffs that I've ever seen mm-hmm. since, like, ever, ever. But what it is now with the home court and going going away, it's it's been unreal. Like mm-hmm. these young guys are playing out of their fucking minds. Mm-hmm. Like I'm literally watching Trey Young speak right now. It's it's been a hell of a thing to watch. Like yeah. Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, Luca. Even though he lost, he just lost to a better team. He was mm-hmm. not, he was the best player in that series, and that includes Kawhi. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, yeah he almost won that series by himself. By himself, they were in Game yeah. Seven until like the last like two minutes. Bobby, Ian, Ray, and I were talking. Like, if you had a fantasy draft, or like you had like the keys to the number one pick in the NBA, anyone's available. I mean, for years to come. I mean, I, I think my pick's Luca. That's got to be Luca. I'm taking Luca. He's like he's like Magic Johnson. He's like a seven foot point guard that can shoot. In one of the games, he he scored or assisted on 31 out of the 37 field goals. Jesus he, Christ! 88 percent of the of the field goals he was a part of. That was the highest in NBA history. And what is he? 20? 21? 21. Oh my God! Right? He's just a kid. Oh That's- my God! <laughs> I was like, go ahead, go ahead, Ian. No, no, you're good. No, go. No, let's return to thought after you. <laughs> I was, well, uh, I was thinking that I think these playoffs have been exciting because the big names are either already out or on their way out. Like, yeah. I want a mid-market Final Four and Finals. Like, I want Atlanta you. versus Milwaukee in the East, and I want Utah versus Phoenix in the West. Uh, I will tune to all of those games because I, I fuck L.A. I'm tired of L.A. I don't want Philly, obviously. I'm glad the Lakers are out of it. Uh, I'm glad the Heat are out of it. Um, I want these. I think that's good for the NBA that these lower market teams are good and are the final four teams and their young stars like Donovan Mitchell, like Trey Young are front and center of all of this. And, and then, Bobby, I agree with you. And what's prevailing and what was so amazing about the bubble last year, and Ian will speak to this more than I can, is team basketball prevailed. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't the, you know, it's always been the NBA and basketball in general is, you know, the team with the best players will win more often than not. But, you know, the teams with the best chemistry, the ones that, you know, knew their role and um, they had role players doing exactly what they're, they were designed to do, it, it worked. And, you know, that was what was so much fun about watching the Denver Nuggets and, and uh, Nikola Jokic, which we're going to get into. But, um, you know, you mentioned these young players like Donovan Mitchell is he is a stud, man. He's going to be really good and good for years to come. But the two best teams probably are the Utah Jazz and Phoenix Suns, and they play the best they play the best team ball. And we're watching maybe the best point guard in our in NBA history and Chris Paul still doing this. And really doing this on his own accord for the first time. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, him being in the same category with the Patrick Ewings and Charles Barkley's that, you know, Dan Marino's that never won a title yet being just amazing at what you do. I mean, this is Chris Paul's shot. 
Like this is his best shot at, at, at winning a title or at least getting to a championship. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look back on his career and the teams that he was on and didn't win one, and then if he wins it with this team, kind of to your point, like that would be even more of an accomplishment than had he won it with, you know, because he was on those. Um, Love and he's, you know, City and he's with the ball, Clippers. He's falling out, though. He's, he's unreal. He's still amazing. He's like, got 37 last night. Well, because he's finally doing what he always could do is score. Mid-range. He, he was a pass, pass first point guard. He could always do whatever the fuck he wants to do on the court. And he would wait until the fourth quarter to then exert his dominance. Now it's just like, okay, I'm going to take what I can get. First of all, and I got Devin Booker on my side. I got DeAndre Ayton. He's like, I, I got my play. weapon. Who can play? It's not Lob City where it's just, oh, I'm going to fucking keep on lobbing it up. I'm going to keep on doing this. No. It's, it's pick and rolls. It's I'm going to pick and roll you to death. Whatever you do, nickel and dime you to death, yep. and it's beautiful. And then if you you come over top, and then he's going to come down. He's going to shoot a little mid range. You go underneath, he's going to pull back, and then he's going to fucking lob it up. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and he it's owns, that owns the pace of the game. Yeah, I think that that's elbow that elbow jumper. I mean, he he could shoot that a hundred times, and he'll make it ninety. Easy. He's he's unreal at it. And, Whether and somebody's in his face or not. Yeah, we. We were talking last night, guys, where, you know, we're like, because Chris Paul always kind of annoyed me. Like, it's nothing about his game that I that annoyed me. I, I, I mean, if you're a fan of the sport, like, how could you not admire watching what he, he's been doing for, God, over 15 years? But it, it was really his personality, and it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way, where he, he kind of comes off as this, you know, cool, calm, collected professional and kind of like the ambassador to the game. But I always just thought he was a malcontent and – and just was complaining to the same level that LeBron complains. He's a douchebag. Yeah. I mean, there was a reason why him and Rondo got in just an all-out fisticuffs in the middle of the game. Yes. I mean, he, he, he's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But, I mean, he made similar, but similar to Kobe, like, I hated Kobe for years. But then as he got older, I think yeah. it, you know, <laughs> the, it humbled him. And I, I found myself rooting for him for, like, the first time ever. I'm like, get it, Chris. Go for it. I think it's also for me, I I agree totally. And then to add on to that for me, for Chris Paul, it's like he's finally on a team that I don't hate and I respect him. Like, especially in a day and age where we see guys go to super teams and and try Mm -hmm. to just join up with their buddies and all stars and and try to win a championship that way. He did that and failed, right? That obviously didn't work out in LA with the Clippers. Uh, yeah. When he was younger in, in New Orleans, he got traded there, though, didn't he? Or did it? Was it? He got traded. He got tra- well. He was supposed to get traded to the Lakers, but Dan- Dan- got, David Stern nixed it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Either way, he's basically. I'm saying he 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 signed as a free agent to Phoenix, right? Or no, no, he was traded by Houston, right? Yeah, he was on the Rockets, and he went to Oklahoma City last year and took what was supposed to be a lottery team to the second round. Like he. He's just one of those guys that you know he he just completely changes the culture in the locker room and um, you know he finally has a path and you know one of the things I appreciate about him is I mean there's a lot of good basketball teams over the years that we've seen but a lot of them have been in the West where it's just such a gauntlet being in that conference and you know in between you know Kobe's Lakers and Tim Duncan's Spurs I'm like good luck getting through that um, through seven games that's next to impossible and. Um, I think he's been in the Western Conference his entire career. He has. Even when, when he was on the Hornets, I think they were in the Western Conference at that point. Um, 
because they moved to New Orleans. But, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but but still, you know, it's it's been really enjoyable to watch him in that team with a bunch of youngsters and, um, you know, really giving him the opportunity to to really go get a championship. I know Ray disagrees with this, Ian, but um, yeah. I, I think he I think they got a legitimate shot. I, I they pl- they probably between them and Utah play the best team basketball. And um and doesn't Phoenix have the best like defensive percentage? Mm-hmm. I don't know why you wouldn't like people just sleep on Phoenix because it's Phoenix. Yeah. And that's what I was trying but, to say. Like I love that he how did he arrive in Phoenix? That's what I'm trying to look up. Like, I think he signed with them. Uh was it a one year it was a one year prove it deal? Or did he tra- no, did he get tw- traded? No, November 16, twenty twenty, traded by the Thunder. Yeah, with Abdel and But this is last year of the contract. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. yeah. he was uh, Kelly Oubre was traded for him, and Rookie <sighs> Rubio. Either way, he's on a team with a bunch of young talent, and he is elevating their game. And now they're the best team in the NBA right now. Yep. And I and, love that he's doing it without, you know, um, a Blake Griffin or DeAndre, uh, whatever his name was. Whatever, all the supporting, he's basically doing it on his own with a young cast. I mean, he's got a couple of young stars, like you mentioned, but I mean, he's kind of running the show there. He's not taking a secondary seat to other stars there. And it's a small market team, like you said. So it's it's fun to watch. I I, I, I haven't watched too much of the playoffs. I Every now and then I turn it on, like I'm watching the Clippers jazz game right now. But like I said, I mean, if it's, I really, Atlanta just tied up the series against Philly. I hope that good that goes at least seven and Atlanta has a chance. I really hope it's Atlanta, Milwaukee, just for Philly sadness, and then I hope it's Utah and Phoenix in the West. Just to get someone different winning a championship. I, I did want to ask you guys too about the um last night speaking of the Suns as they swept the Nuggets last night. Um, but the MVP, Nikola Jokic's ejection. And I, I know that was a bad beat for Ian. Um, really bad beat, but so bad, so far. I remember when I when it happened, I, I texted Ian and Ray. I was like, I, he might get ejected for that. Like, and I'm I'm not saying he should be like, but in today's NBA, that qualifies as an ejection, and it's bullshit. I feel like the entire league, like analysts and players alike, I think John Moran even tweeted like, refs are soft. Like, like, but how 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 is that an ejection? Like, if he didn't hit the ball. I'd be all in, not all in, but I'd still be wishy-washy and I'd lean towards all right. a flagrant one, flagrant one. It's a flagrant, no matter, sure. no, no matter how you look at it, that's a flagrant. Yep. Just because of the wind back and it made contact with his face, the head, very, very sacred, which as it should be. Barely yep. made contact with his face. But barely it, like grazed contact. his nose. What grazed I saw. his nose and still made contact with the ball. Mostly which ball. Which was mostly ball, which was his entire intent. While he's down eight points in an elimination game with four minutes left in the third quarter after he just missed. Yeah, he wants that fucking ball back. And he made contact with the ball. How you kick somebody out, the league MVP in Denver, yeah. with a flagrant two like that, I just don't know. I, I will never understand that. I, I I will not understand that. And it's flagrant just. Flagrant one, by all means. By all means. It should. Sure. It's playoffs. Yeah. It's the playoffs. What if that was LeBron? Never. (laughs) Never in a fucking million years would that be a flagrant two. He could have he could have grazed, he could have slapped him a lot harder 
missed the ball, and that would have been a flagrant, maybe. He's that the my point is you and you hit it on the nail is he he's the league MVP in an elimination game. It's not like you can't kick anyone out. Nonetheless, the league MVP. I'm not trying. I'm not saying he should get special treatment, but I mean just. Also, I didn't watch the game in full. But I didn't also, see it live. So, but also, give him the benefit of the doubt that he, there, he's trying to just whoa. foul the guy and like. He's trying to get the ball back. Was there anything leading yeah. up to that point that was like, was the game getting testy, ticky tacky, or like? I mean, it was it was physical, but were they like issued it warnings? It, it was not a chippy game, if that's what you're asking. Were they were, no. were there warnings issued beforehand or anything like that? That's no. bullshit. And I mean, even and even Jokic even went up to the guy that he did it to, even following his ejection and like, hey, my bad. Yeah. I'm like, didn't mean it. That uh, didn't mean it like that. And I also think that guy sold it so hard. He like flipped his head. So hard. It was like a soccer dive. Like, mm-hmm. I think if he doesn't do that, and it's just a normal, then it's a normal foul. But because he acted, that that's why they were so. It was, I mean, it was the wine back. It was the wine back. Yeah. And just but also, but he's, he's got those big. He's yeah, he's got seven those giant foot. Fucking <laughs> his wingspan is probably eleven hands. feet. I mean, I, and I know most likely Jokic wouldn't have won the MVP had Embiid not got hurt. I think Embiid probably would have won it had that not been the case. But he's unlike any MVP we've ever seen in our in our lifetime. I mean, he's a second round pick. He's the latest. I think he was a fifty first overall, close to it. Um, the latest draft pick ever to win an MVP. He's a point center. I mean, playing on a you know Denver's not a small market, but it's not like a, a marquee franchise. I can um, and, he's do, and he did this with all without Jamal Murray for a large part of the season because he went down with a knee injury. I mean, he's just. I mean, if you're a fan of the sport, just watch how this guy plays basketball because he plays unlike really anyone else we've seen. Um, he's a he's a point center, and he's just playing a different game than everybody else. And it's just um, it's nice to see a, a recognition as far as an MVP is concerned. Um, from someone that just does it so in such an unorthodox way. Yeah, I think that unfortunately, I'm, and this is uh, two two things. I think one, it happens in every sport to an extent. Uh, two, mm-hmm. um, I forgot what two was, but my point is, is that I think I just showed that in the NBA, certain people get certain tr- special treatment. Based on their status, sure. and, well, that is, they, and 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 as the league MVP, he needs to be one of those guys. He has to get the benefit of the doubt there. If he's yeah. some average Joe, like coming, like if he's like the ninth man off the bench and swinging at guys like that, sure, give him a. But he's the start. He's a star, He's the face of that franchise. Set a tone. Yeah. yeah, and not to mention he's the face of your sport internationally now. I mean, everyone in Europe is looking at him and Luca every single night, watching them play every single night. You are getting millions of fans across the world because of him and Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. How do you kick him out of an elimination game? If your name is not sure. LeBron, KD, Kyrie, even Embiid doesn't get calls like that. He had a call last night. I thought, I thought that last play of the game, he got fouled and they didn't call it and thank God they didn't, but... Even in B doesn't get called. I mean, it just goes to show that there is a certain level of celebrity status in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. and favoritism. And, yeah, it's a trap. Wait, and that's and that's just that that turns me off so much to the game. No, absolutely. Does um, well, real, real quick before we move on, does that did that ejection change the outcome of the game? Yes, yes, it was close. You it think was, if he it was played, like my plus three and a half, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, okay. it would have gone and down the wire. I had I had Jokic 29 and a half, over 29 and a half. 
All right, I had the most money on that. Was he at 28? The most money on that, 29 and a half. And within four minutes left to go in the third, when that fucking happened. That was a third quarter, too? Third quarter. Okay, that makes it so much worse. That makes it so much worse that it was a third quarter. He had 22 points in the third fucking quarter going in fourth fourth minute, going that or four minutes left. Yeah. And they're down eight points. Oh, he would have had. He would have had thirty-five. Easy. All right, I didn't know that was the third quarter. The fact that he kicked him out in the third quarter—that is a three minutes fifty-seven seconds, something like that. I thought that was near the Mm -hmm. end of the game and things were getting desperate. No, no. and he missed five minutes. He missed the whole quarter. That doesn't affect the outcome of the game. Yeah, that's bull. First of all, he didn't play the first six minutes of the third quarter, and they were only down eight. Yeah, that's that's huge. And he still had twenty-two points. If I'm if I'm a Nuggets fan, I am livid beyond. Oh no, they were. They were just screaming the rest of the game, and I, I would be too. And what like, was the final score? How much did they lose by? Like, not uh, a lot. Seven, like seven. Oh, seven. that's that affects the outcome. Yeah, of the game. if he plays, I, I bet you that's a one point game. It's not, it not going to be a seven point game. Yeah, sure it goes the, either way. The MVP. That's um, that's terrible. In an elimination game, that's yeah. what they were saving. That's why they didn't play him like the first half of the third quarter because he needed to play yeah. the rest of the way. Because he needed to play the rest of the way. Yeah. Oh, you know, um, <laughs> if I'm Denver, I'm Denver I'm had a rough you. stretch the last week. <laughs> I uh, okay, 125 118, seven point game. Avalanche blew a two nothing lead, got lost four straight, and then that happens. God damn, you know. And, and the, the, la- the last thing I, I wanted to touch on was this the Wizards, where um, they lost in five as we expected. Um, you know, the 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 playoffs slow down. Um, the scores are a lot lower than what you normally see in a regular season game. Um, it really becomes a half court style um, for that reason. And, and that's one of the reasons why the wizards lost because when the, the Wizards are the best, they're playing in transition, they're running, they're letting Russ just go full speed ahead. That's not going to happen in the playoffs. And um, so when, when you think about that, losing to Philly who had the number one seed, even without Joel Embiid is no surprise, but you know, I was almost relieved that we lost in, in pretty bad fashion and, and all four losses. I'm like, thank God this gives enough ammo to Tommy Shepard and Ted Leonsis that we need a new, new coach. I mean, I don't know if there's a wizards fan out there that thinks Scott Brooks is good at what he does. He seems oh, like a, le- there's plenty. He seems like a good dude. Like he seems like a legitimate good dude. But, oh, my God, then it was reported that it, it, it all appears likely that Scott Brooks is coming back. And how am I surprised? How, like, I mean, this, is, this, is our, this has been our life, lifetime as a fan of this team where the goal is not to think big, to not have championship aspirations, to not win 50-plus games. The goal is just to be mediocre. And, uh, you know, where I get so frustrated. Sell merch. And when I get frustrated, it, it's with one person, that's Ted Leonsis, who for some reason treats the Capitals completely different than how he treats the Wizards, especially okay. in a sport that generates a lot more income. Um, Hold on. That's not true. That's not true because uh, Barry Trotz won him a cup and he let him go. Scott Brooks he, doesn't he want anything and he kept, he's keeping him. <laughs> Although he fired George McPhee, who was one of the best GMs and still is one of the best GMs in all of hockey for one bad trade. Yeah. And he kept... 
Ernie Grunfeld for 17 years. But yeah, Uncle McClellan. He, he's also like fired Trotz, he fired Reardon, he fired Adam Oates and mm-hmm. and and a bunch of coaches. But Adam for Oates. some reason Adam Oates could go. Yeah, going oh, five games under five hundred with two all-star caliber players is okay. And we're gonna bring back a guy that just doesn't get it. Like he just like I guess he does do it, it's so infuriating. And like he he just he doesn't Ted doesn't care. I mean, it's almost he, as if billionaires don't give a shit about anybody else. It's this weird. I can't put my finger on it. Why they weird wouldn't concept. care about what everyone else is saying, but only their opinion matters. Also, these are, these are like his like, fun. Well, no, to that point, I think fun coupons for him. I think someone else's opinion matters. And that person is Russell Rus- Russell Westbrook. I think Westbrook vouched for Brooks. That's why he stayed on. It. We also, I, we, I mean, I don't know if you guys agree with me. I called this like a month ago. Like I, I, told, I was like, he's gonna come back because you know that the way that they ended the season, as long as they don't get swept by Philly, or if they make it out of the the play in round, or whatever you wanted to call it, and as long as they didn't get swept, he's gonna come back. I think that was always gonna be the case because him it's, and him and Westbrook are tight. Insulting. Russ is gonna vouch for him. Uh, Frustrating. Bradley Beal's gonna do whatever to keep Russ happy and. You know, he was a league MVP candidate until he got hurt too. So, what does he care who's who the coach is? He's going to do his thing. I think it's more about, and and I think this is true. I mean, to extend in the NBA, I think this is more about the. It doesn't matter really who's coaching when you've got two guys like that. You need talent around him. If they add pieces to him, it doesn't matter if Scott Brooks is the coach mm-hmm. or if fucking Phil Jackson. They're going to be who they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I get I your mean, frustration. No, it's just the usual, and um, we should be used to this after we experienced 16 years, 17 years of earning Gunfeld. So, oh well. I think um, professional basketball is always going to be just mediocre in this town. So, Ian and Bobby, my question for you, my last NBA question: who who is making the finals? Who is going to win? And I know you will bet on this. So, oh yes, <laughs> I will bet. I really thought about who's going to make it though. Because Brooklyn so they, just had James Harden's hurt now, Kyrie Irving's ankle injury that looked bad. Like that's I a think big Mil- difference. Milwaukee's coming out of that series. You think? I, I have Milwaukee coming out of there. I think the the winner of the East comes out of that series. Okay. Sixers. I agree. Yeah, they're good, but I don't see them going to the finals. They'll they would lose to either the Nets or the or the Bucks. Not unless Ben Simmons could make free throws. He can't. So Which it doesn't matter. He will not. Overrated. And then in the West, I got, I got Phoenix. I do too. I think I got Phoenix too. They're good. I Everybody keeps on sleeping well, on. The, the Clippers probably have the most talent, but I, I'm not sure if this Kawhi Paul George marriage can work. They they they're too similar of players to hmm. be on the court at the same time. It just doesn't work like that. Um, Paul George can't do it. He gets trolled bad. <laughs> he and needs to like, go somewhere else, like immediately. Yeah, come yeah. here. Okay, I would. I would take him here so quick. I was not yes, kidding. Please. I was not kidding. Come here. No, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking his perimeter defending. Oh my god, dude. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I got Milwaukee and Phoenix too. I'm not gonna make a pick for who wins that series yet, but I got Milwaukee coming out. Yeah. I Brooklyn. I mean, I think that was always gonna be a disaster to begin with, and we're seeing like the injuries that. I, just, oh, it, it, I think it depends. If Kyrie's or if Kyrie dismisses a game, then I think 
Brooklyn can still Kyrie's, take it. Kyrie's already out for game five. They already said. Okay. So Ooh. I think Milwaukee, so they'll go up 3-2 going back to Milwaukee. I mean, Ooh, I, that's tough. Even if Kyrie comes back, I think Harden's done for the season probably, right? I mean, for our sake, just because we hate Harden and Kyrie so much and, and KD at that point too, which is awful saying because I loved him so much for so long. All um, three. Like, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I'm, I want to, you know, I, I traditionally root for the underdogs in a, in a franchise like Milwaukee that hasn't been relevant in decades. Like, well, I want to see Giannis on the main stage, even though, like, he's getting um, kind of shit. Like, he, he still can't shoot yet. And and especially in a in the NBA playoffs where transition is almost obsolete. Um, he's a shell of himself. It is storming really loud here now. Yeah. Same. Um, I think the Bucks are on a mission. I think Giannis and they and the Bucks are on a mission to prove that they can do it because they were the top dogs of the past two years and couldn't even get to the Eastern Conference Finals except for one time. I was and listening they blew that to against the Raptors. I was listening to Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson's All the Smoke um, podcast. It's so good. Well, they they have a YouTube series and they said like Drew Holiday might be one of the most underrated players in the NBA. He's probably one of the best two-way players, right? Best Underrated, defender. yes. But he also got traded for it for like three fucking first-rounders. Yeah. Defensively, he's, he's probably the, the most best. least talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and it'd be it'd be cool to see Utah advance just because, like, they're fan. Like, they were. Um, I watched the episode with Gilbert Arenas, which is so good. <laughs> And like, who are the worst fans? And like, a lot of players say Utah. Like, Utah fans are just relentless because they're white. Well, they're also just like straight up racist. Yeah, white there. racists. Yeah. <laughs> they're racist as fuck. Yeah, but I do watch. I enjoy watching Checks the out. team play. Um, I, I like Utah. Mm-hmm. The the team. <laughs> so you know what was a really good idea was trading a first round pick for Bogdanovich, who turns out to be one of the better players on this Utah team. And then not letting him resign. Bogdan Bogbanovich. Because we had to resign Otto Porter, but then we traded Otto Porter so we could play Kelly Oubre, but then we traded him. Well, we needed Trevor Ariza. Hit those dominoes, Tom. Hit those dominoes. We needed Trevor. Uh, stupidity. Never forget. We needed, no, no, no. We needed Trevor Ariza. From, yeah. For, yeah because for 30, it all comes back to Trevor. We needed Trevor for 30 games <laughs> at 34 years old. And Ernie Grunfeld got the wrong Brooks. Oh my god! I forgot about that. I forgot about that. <laughs> he got the wrong Brooks. <laughs> Idiot. Uh, all right, um, uh, last... Ian. Tell me, you did not bet on that game. What game is this? That uh, Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee Brooklyn game that was low. No, scoring. I did not. The did you see that eighty three game yeah. or whatever it was? Yeah. No, I did not. I didn't touch that. Dude, everyone was saying the day. Take the over, take the over. It's going to be the they over. Screamed it. Two thirty four. Over, over, over. <laughs> they hit the under by like sixty. <laughs> I was working that day, so I I couldn't even like I couldn't even bet. I don't know what I would have bet on. If I saw the over under, I probably would have gone the over. I mean, it made sense, <laughs> but I was like, that seems like I was like, everyone is talking about it too much. That can't be. It's one thing not to hit it, but they missed by 60 points. And I saw that and I was like, oh my God, I hope Ian did not bet on that game. <laughs> like Duke scores more than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, I was blown. It was, it's that guy. Oh, Tom, it's the guy who does like the sports betting minute on 106.7. Okay. And he's like, he talks like this. Yeah. You got to take Milwaukee. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
and he was like two thirty four. Always over. It's gonna be over. They they score so much offense. Easy money right here. And then they hit. They scored one sixty nine. <laughs> oh, Scotty Farrell. Was it? Is that his name? Just, Just sounds like voice? a bookie. Yeah. Anyways, I was I, uh, that was like the worst miss I've seen in a long time. Yep. Last part. I have two questions, and then we're gonna move on to the gridiron with the Washington football team. Um, besides me watching every single play of De'Ami Brown's career at U- University of North Carolina. Um, no, he went to Memphis. Yeah. A real school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. There it is. Yikes. That, that don't make no sense. Um, so, anyways. That was, a good, that was a good gift today, yeah. <laughs> that was good. That don't make no sense. <laughs> um, that the, don't really was, it doesn't. <laughs> the Reds, I mean, the, the Washington team, um, completed OTAs, completed their first training camp. Chase Young was there. However, I mean, I correct me if I'm wrong, Ian, Bobby, but it seems like every reporter that I listened to that I read read their columns, it said that the best quarterback was not Fitzy. It was Heineke. Which makes sense. Apparently by a mile. That's the thing. That does not and concern I- me at all. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm it's, not, it's. I'm not worried either way. I'm actually pumped. I, 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 mean, I love Taylor Heineke. Love him. If, Taylor okay, who? At their full Heineke. capability. Full capability. Who would you rather have 17 games out of 17? Full capability of what they can do in this offense. All right. In yeah, this I'll offense, Heineke. If, if, if Heine plays like he did in the playoff game, then it's Heineke. Tiny. It's okay. Okay. Also, we're talking about mini camp here. It's not even actual training. We're we're a month we're a month and a half away from actual training camp starting. You know, he, this is the conversations we've had when we haven't had a quarterback in thirty five years. But yeah, yes. correct. <laughs> and we're coming off our first division championship in like five years. Yeah. He. But the the argument is like Fitz will give he'll win you eight games, nine games maybe, but he'll lose you. I'll lose you a couple. All of the all of that above. Heineke, we don't know. It's the unknown. It's the unknown. Well, but it's also oh, I, mini camp, and we knew coming into it that he was going to have two legs up on both him and uh, fucking uh, no, Kyle not, Allen. No, not on, Kyle Allen knows the offense just as well as but Taylor Heineke. I think Taylor knows it knows better. It even could, better. I think Taylor yeah. I think, did it in college, no, too. Well, Kyle Allen's been in it for years. Ooh, even in Carolina. He's got the most experience, but... You know, I feel like we've been realistic about this where, okay, what we saw from Heineke was amazing. Yes, Tampa didn't have a lot of game plan for him because they don't know how he can play. We're all like, that was incredible. But we're also like, there's a reason why he was a 28-year-old backup quarterback from the XFL. Like, we can't expect to, you know, what we saw for those five quarters, once one against Carolina, four against uh, Tampa. You know, we can't expect that to be, the norm, right? The, the norm. Absolutely. At, at the same time, I mean, Ron's biggest, like when they interviewed him at the end of last season, he said his biggest regret by far was not having an open quarterback competition because it was instantly given to Dwayne. And obviously that just failed to every, in every aspect. Um, should there at least be a quarterback competition? One thousand percent. Yeah, I I think you should. Oh, we'll never say it. I think you should always have a quarterback competition anytime you bring in a new quarterback, not named Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. 
Pat Mahomes, something like that, you know? We didn't sign... I mean, yes, we signed Brian Fitzpatrick to be the starter, but, you know, he's by no means a future Hall of Famer and someone you can automatically just give the keys and go. He kind of has... He has to earn it. And like we just said, Heineke knows this offense like the back of his hand. Uh, so does Kyle Allen. So, But I really don't even think he knows it by like the back of his hand because he just has been playing with these guys for one game. Like the fact that he's in this productive... With well, he no knows, chemistry he knows the with, offense, he knows, he knows he knows the offense, the offense yeah. but he doesn't know the players particularly well. Um, yeah. I mean, that it just shows you like how well, that was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Like his performances will go down forever um, um, throughout our fandom. I mean, he just Heineke. Heineke should put on my t-shirt. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I. I I think we just, I know we're realistic about this where like, okay, we, he's not going to play like this every game. Like, I, I, I think that's a complete impossibility. But there's, at the minimum, no way that he could play to that level every single game. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I think what a big problem with the Redskins in general for years. Jar. Damn it. Dang it. I, I'll never get used to it. But um, you've, been, you've been good at it, though. Yeah. Is just because based off of someone's salary, they start. That's what I was trying to say. And, and just because Ryan Fitzpatrick's making $10 million or whatever it is this year doesn't mean that Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke shouldn't have a chance at, at winning two or, or at competing. Because, I mean, obviously, like this team does not think – like we do not want to take a step back. They, they want to, to continue moving forward off of a 7-9 to nine season and to go for a repeat division title, which we haven't done in, in ever – at least in our lifetime. Um, so can that actually happen with an open QB competition? I mean, and not to mention what, what is the likelihood we have, we play one more game than we're used to. We have a 17 game schedule coming. I mean, in all likelihood, what is a chance that a 38 year old quarterback can play 17 consecutive games? Very little well, to a high level, to a high level. I, I think not it's like almost a guarantee that either Fitzpatrick, gets hurt or benched at some point this season. And the same thing. For we're going to see Heineke play. We're going to see them both play. I think that's I, a guarantee. I think that's a yeah. fact of life. I, I will. I will say because I mean, the fan base already loves Heineke. Love him. And if Fitzy has a bad game, what do you think they're going to be all at in stands? It, it goes both ways. These, this is now the ultimate backup fucking scenario. Yeah, it's the veteran gunslinger backup, thirty-eight years old, who's fucking proven his backupness better than anybody. Versus now the unknown backup, gunslinger again. And by the way, Kyle Allen can play too. Before, he before Taylor Heineke, he looked the best out of the three. One hundred percent. It's yeah, but that's a broken leg, Alex Smith, and a bad Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, true. The but bar was good. very low. But he he did good. look good. He did, he look, did good. look good. Also, I don't know, just to pick nits. Same, he got hurt on the same play that Heineke. I have, a, I have a t-shirt of. <laughs> Heineke didn't get hurt. He scored. You got that shirt? Oh yeah, the legend of Taylor Heineke. Nice. Yeah, Kyle I, I saw an agreement that that a QB competition is at least in need. But I mean, either way, this guy is going to be put in position to succeed because you have a lot of skill with the wide receiving core. I think Antonio Gibson might be, um, could be the real deal. I mean, this was a guy that had 33 
carries in college and look what he did just in one season on a one dimensional offense for the most part. Imagine when there's, you know, uh, weapons, more and more weapons around him. Ian's smirking right now. And then, um, you know, uh, speaking of what reporters were also talking about was just how good Logan Thomas is. And that's another guy that has had very little experience at his position of tight end until now. It is in a contract year. So, I mean, it, I think all we're asking for is just adequacy. Be, be the 16th rated QB quarterback rating in the NFL, and that's fine. That will probably get us, uh, give us a winning record. Just be 16th. You don't need to be a top five QB. Um, you don't need to be a pro bowler. Just, I don't know. Just be middle of the road. Doesn't Fitzpatrick have the highest QBR when throwing 40 yards or more down the field? Tear it down there somewhere. Or, or Curtis. I also saw my All boy right. uh, Gandy Either Golden. Way, it's going to be gunslinger galore. I, it's going to be fun. Sling it. I can't so, wait for football. The offense uh, is going to be fun to watch. This is my last question. And the defense is uh, my, my, what? my last question, guys. And hold I, on, wait, I know. Hold on, before you do that, Ian, what are you more excited for? No, 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 no. Wait, wait, yeah, the, the gunslinging <laughs> offense or this? You know the answer. The, Shut the fuck up. The suffocating up. defense. The defense, a thousand times out of one. <laughs> market, market, June 14th. We're already way too excited for football season. <laughs> uh, by the way, weird. Uh, Leo and I are already looking for uh, my buddy who works with me. He went to Buffalo versus Miami like two years ago by himself. So it was the best tailgate of his life. Oh my He's God. also a psychopath. So he, we almost bought tickets. I was like, wait a minute. I got to wait for a couple of buddies of mine. <laughs> What you is, guys better come on this because we're going. Isn't week that in three. December? There's week three. We got about oh, week no, three. September. Perfect. Timing. Week three. Oh, week shit. Perfect. What if it's warm in Buffalo? I'm uh, still going through a table. <laughs> and I, I just, I, I have life insurance. I hope you do. You need to get that before we go to Buffalo. No, no, I got health insurance. We'll be right. No, he's got Porter insurance. <laughs> Porter will come. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming. I'm not babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> You better not. <laughs> no, you do, do do whatever you want, man. Have, have fun. I was cannot it, go. Fuck. Was it was it at Varsity Blues? I'm with my people. Dean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm with my people. <laughs> uh, my last question, WFT related. Um, you know, we have never had back to back playoff um, appearances, at least in our lifetime, at least in the Snyder era. So, if you remember, the years that we've made the playoffs was '99. Then we had that in extensive free agent class with Deion Sanders and Mark Carrier, and there's more players that I'm forgetting off the top of my head. And then we just North Turner to even make it out of the season. Next one was the one the playoff won the wild card 2005, and then uh, 2006 we had that extensive free agent class with Adam Archuleta, Brandon Lloyd, Andre Carter. That also faltered. Um, Basically, the in the four five playoff appearances, we've never been able to ascend. Following that, we've actually basically nose dived every single time. Is nose dive the right word? I don't know. Anyways, yeah, the question that I have for you guys on paper is: This the most talented roster in the Snyder era that we have currently? I feel like this was a conversation last year and the year before that, but I feel like it I've never, is. <laughs> I've never asked this question. <laughs> Fair I assumption. Kid. I kid. 
I think that 05 team is hard to beat. Defensively, yes. Offensively, we have well, this team's much better. At Clinton least on Portis, Chris Cooley, Santana Moss. I mean, we had no offense at the end of that 2000, that 05 season when everyone was hurt. I mean, we didn't score 20 points for a long time. Well, that was the year before. But Also, I'm just seeing this just to add. Let's, let's just add to the uh, narrative misery. of the misery of the uh, da- uh, Godforsaken franchise era. Um, since 2001, we have had – this is just – I wasn't looking this up. I just noticed this. We have had one, two, three – Last year was our fourth season with a positive score differential. And all of them are single digits. No, That's except for so one. Bad. It's nine, 13, and six. One of them was 48. All the rest were in the negatives. That's insane. <laughs> that's, that's really, really bad. There's a, oh, hold on. There's a 24 and 20. Okay, so there's five. But still, that's a long stretch. There are two seasons... Uh, Mike Shanahan's last year and Jay Gruden's first year, minus 44, minus 137. And then the terrible 2019 season that got us Chase Young, we were minus 169. <laughs> Anyways, back to you, Tom. Wow. All right. So and is this the most talented? So, Bobby, you said maybe the – oh, because that's what JP said. They mentioned that on JP and being Mechie. Oh, really? He goes, I would agree that this team's better than the 07 team that made the playoffs better than the uh, RG3 2012, better than Kirk Cousins 2015, better than last year. I think he goes, off- the one that you yeah. could compete to was the 05, um, 06 team. Offense was better RG3 year. Defense is comparable 05 year. Defense is yep. way better 07 year. I think the team is just overall better than the 07 year. Um, Okay, so you're saying this this defense is way better. Yes, yes, this defense. <laughs> no, 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 this defense is way better than 07, yeah. way better than 12. Yeah. Comparable to 05, if not a little better. I don't know. That 05 defense was like, a, that. they finished top five too. That's like the halo of your, my boy Marcus Washington. That was like <laughs> that Ben, ben Don't Break type shit. Sean Taylor, he had uh, Fred Smoot. Sean Springs at their best. That was a good defense. Okay. That defense only allowed 293 points that year. Greg Williams. Greg fucking Williams. Uh, uh, I, th- I, think, I think this is the best. I think it's the most talented. Top to bottom on, on paper, paper, probably. On paper. On paper, and I think the big difference, Ian, is the amount of young talent that we have. Correct. Because we that 05 team, that was a veteran team, team really. Yeah. I mean, you had a, you had Mark Brunel, Clinton Portis was like in the prime of his career. I mean, we have a lot of players that haven't hit their peak yet. And I, I would say that's probably the primary difference. Um, Sean Taylor was like the young guy on that team. He was. He was. Um, I mean, that was an older team. So, you know, does that mean the, the, this – Coming season, is this the best team we've had? No, but at least no. potential-wise, um, I, I would say this team has the highest potential in just terms of, you know, a Danny Ruye favorite is uh, young, controllable talent. Yeah. And that is what this team currently has, which we've, frankly, never really had before. Is that Thunder? That was Porter. No, that was me. I'm my bad. I thought Thunder was coming through one of your mics. 
I, I slipped my hand slipped and hit my mic. Gotcha. My bad. Okay. I think this is the. Uh, it is thundering outside, though. It is. It's, it's super shitty too. outside. Yeah. <laughs> it's very loud. I'm surprised it's not. I'm. I'd be uh, interested to see if it's recorded. Um, with how much it was just fucking pelting. I haven't actually over. heard anything yet. I thought that was it. But um, anyways, I I don't want to be too excited <laughs> about this team because it happens every. We've no, learned the hard way. Yeah, we're gonna we're excited that this is the most talented roster we've ever had, and they're gonna go like six and whatever it is now, six six and a twelve, eleven, eleven, whatever it is. So, uh, I don't know. Defense is this is probably the best defense this team has had since the eighties, like top to bottom. Easily, that 05 Redskins defense with Greg Williams and Sean Taylor and Philip Daniels and Cedric Griffin, like Sean Springs, like that was a veteran defense. Besides Sean Taylor, I think the young um, talent point is is what it is. The, the, like, the difference is the young talent. It's, like, it's, I mean. It's not that we're talented right now on paper. It's not that this is the 2021 team is the most talented on paper. It's that the 2022 team also might be, and the 2023 team also might be, because these guys are here to stay yeah. for a couple so, more years. And the the difference, Bobby, you mentioned 2005. You said Santana Moss, Chris Cooley, Clinton Portis. You're right. Who was the other receiver on that team? Good question. Who was Taylor? Taylor Jacobs and and no names. I mean, there was no James Thrash. James Thrash. Oh my God, <laughs> Robert Royal. Yeah, Robert Royal. Like you guys are just taking ideas from me right now for um, <laughs> guess this player. Don't worry, I got one for tonight. Um, and Antonio Brown, not that Antonio Brown. Antonio Pierce. Antonio Brown says Antonio. Antonio Duval Brown. I have no idea who that from is. From West Virginia. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so that's that's the difference. I mean, you got a lot more depth on this team, especially from a skill position standard. And um, so on paper, yes, I think this is probably the most talented team. Um, this, that certainly doesn't mean that this will be the most successful one, obviously. Um, but, you know, for the first time, we have young a young core of players who are legit. Yeah. Mini camp all, right. all kind of seemed up. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll find a way to crash and burn because that's what any team does under Dan Snyder, but we'll see. Um, but anyways, enough for football. Hey, we're getting Order. turf. It's a, it's a Ron Rivera era. Let's go. Ron um, Rivera. Porter, I'm, I'm going to give the, the floor is yours, sir. What do you have for Ooh. us? Um, I've actually got two. Uh, I've been watching quite a bit, but two come to mind. Okay. Um, both Netflix. Uh, Bo Burnham special. Hell yeah. If you've ever, ever watched him, uh, is fucking fantastic. We just watched that. For those who don't know, he's a comedian that he's kind of like, if you were to make a millennial weird Al Yankovic, that wasn't weird. That's a good cop. That's him. He, he does. He's an incredible songwriter and he just makes funny little joke lyrics and his bits are usually on stage and he does like a short little thing. Um, and it's, it's fucking the punchlines of him are hilarious. He's, he's really good. He's, he's of, I wouldn't say one of my favorite comics, but I do enjoy watching his stuff. Um, he's not someone that like I follow or watch over and over again, but he's very good. 
So this special is a nod to the isolation of um, COVID. And essentially, he had stepped away for a long period of time, or at least that he talks about in his special. I had no idea about this, but he, he stepped away for a long period of time because he had, you know, uh, uh, severe panic attacks on stage. And he decided after five years of being away that, you know, this year, 2020, was going to be his year to come back. And then, of course, COVID happened and he couldn't do that. So he decided to make, as opposed to touring, he was going to make his special, which this he all takes himself, place. Right? Yeah, it all takes place in one room. And if this is, it, it looks like it is. And if it is really that he lived in this space for a year to create this or however, whatever. Um, Bobby, go ahead. So I looked it up. It is his, it's his uh, like back house at his house in his home in LA. Got it. So it's his it's his workspace studio. So I don't think he like, actually lived in this space. Dude. He didn't live in it, yeah. But he made okay. it look like he did. Right, exactly. Which was genius. It was like Andy Kaufman level, like type of um, the uh, editing together. It was it was a little long at an hour and a half, but you couldn't have cut that thirty minutes. Like there are some things from that thirty minutes you could have cut, but it would have made the other shit not make sense. So you couldn't have cut any of it essentially. So some of it you didn't really need or it wasn't really that great, but it made the rest of it awesome. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I thought he did a really great job. I think some of his bits are fucking gold. I was laughing my ass off uh, multiple times, especially in the beginning. Um, his ode to uh, white woman's Instagram is <laughs> so one good. of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. And so good. Hilarious. Um, the turning so 30 was, really hit home for me. What's that? The turning 31. Yes. That hurt home yes. for me because also I'm not 30 hilarious. yet. <laughs> yeah. So good. So good. Um, so that was really good. And then second, uh, sweet tooth on Netflix is phenomenal. Is that good? Uh, I've heard of it. I, I can't I can't say better things about it. It's it's really good. It it earns its ninety plus rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um I had no idea that this existed. I'm not a big DC Comics guy, but apparently it's published by DC Comics. It's been in circulation since two thousand nine, two thousand ten, something like that. Uh and written and drawn by Jeff Lemire. Um but it's it's still going and it's incredibly popular. It's produced by uh, Robert Downey Jr. and his and his wife, um, and it's essentially a post apocalyptic world where humans become hybrids with animals, and there's a massive virus like huh. COVID that is circling the Earth and is basically there's been riots. It's it's you know the world's on fire, you know gangs of people are How trying to survive yours? and all that kind of shit. And then there's these hybrid humans that have like animal parts and human parts like, uh, and they're being hunted essentially. And they're trying to survive. And like these, these hybrid humans are dying out, but the human population is getting just decimated by the virus. And then there's new viruses and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Um, and it's a story about a little kid um, coming up through that world. And um, it's, it's really good. It's it's eight episodes. They're about forty-five to fifty-five minutes long a piece. You can definitely binge this. Uh, I I had two shows on Netflix I wanted to check out. Another one was like a what looked like a pirate fantasy show. I can't remember what the hell it was called now, but I was like I wanted to watch it with Elaine. 
So it's like, we're going to watch one episode of each and you tell me which one you're more interested in. And we didn't even get to the um, pirate one. She really liked it immediately and she doesn't like any of my shows. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and we, we've been, we went through that in a, in a weekend. Um, it's, it's really good. I, I, I don't want to give too many plot points away to it because I really enjoyed going in cold because it felt like reading a book I hadn't touched because I had nothing, I had no backstory to what was going in. And I still was involved in like, okay, let's watch the next episode. Like that just set up some other stuff. Like that's a, that's like, that's a precursor to like what's coming now. Like, Oh shit. When's that going to happen? And then it, it's, it's, it's good to go in cult. Um, but uh, from what I, what I gave you won't ruin obviously anything. Um, and it'll bring it all up. And it's, it's a very well-made show. It's, tv 17 or tv 14 so it's not like you're not going to see anything crazy there's no like you know violence or or you know boobs there's none of, there's none of that but it is oh, very man. good storytelling and it is very it's it's nice it's good i enjoyed it i totally judged that by its cover because i saw that and i saw yeah little, i saw that too a little, stupid as well. a little kid yeah. with antlers i was like that's stuff and it's dc it and i was very, like oh that's that's it is very good yeah and it's dc it's so upsetting yeah um, and what about are we all caught up on Loki? Yes, Loki. Yeah, Loki was good. Loki mm-hmm. was good. That Super. was very good. I was. I I love their new format of just pushing out massive amounts of content Give where you're essentially all. getting a trilogy in eight weeks. Yeah, and I I I I love it. I keep keep doing this. You've got all these people signed up, and like every. Every two months, I get a new TV show explaining the or, or going through the world of the MCU. I love it. Keep well, going. I, I think what's really cool about Loki, and you could say the um, Winter Soldier and the Falcon show, and then with Wanda, what's really good is that I feel like a show like that can appeal to the the experts of the comics and the the those that are totally yeah, in the thick of the Marvel. Because their attention to detail and their the creativity around it is just incredible. The amount of Easter eggs they have per episode is yeah. like there's YouTube channels completely designed for that to to kind of dissect all of that. But at the same time, yeah. for novices, for people that know go in go into shows like this cold, it's still entertaining. Like it, it's 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 best for everybody. And um, you know, talk about a role that's perfect for Owen Wilson. I feel like him as um, he was good. Yeah, him as Mobius right. yeah. is um, he's perfect for it. He he did he did really well. It Owen was Wilson like he up. reminded me of Wedding Crashers character if he had just grown up. Like <laughs> it's like so he, Owen it's, it's it's to it's to a T. It's just like he just grew up and he's just like still sarcastic, still playful, but not like oh wow you know, goofy. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> See, and but it's it's still entertaining. But like for those that are really in the thick of it with Brother the Thor. MCU. Yeah. Like this leads to think uh, of it. <laughs> you're on TikTok Wait. a lot. I'm too much. It's too much. Oh, that's why that got me. It's Damn ridiculous. It. It's 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 bad. Um, but uh, anyways, it, it's just like this. It just leads to a lot. Now, I yeah. I, I, I certainly don't know enough to know um, I the I don't know any shit. The the history of the comics, but still, it's I I, I love it. I, I go into it with an with an ignorant bliss. I have like a, a working man's knowledge of the MCU. I, I collected very few comics because at the time my parents basically found out what I was reading. They're like Satan. And they, you know, got rid of all of it. Um, so his name's Mephisto. Uh, 
Yeah, but they, well, my mother more was just like uh, the way they were drawing women and like how they were dressed. The the very you know feminist yeah, household yeah. I grew up in was like no, not that's not happening. So I love coming into it with like a I, I know that the source material is amazing, and everything to the uh, the evidence to pointing to the last ten years have been let's do a good job and follow the source material. Like we don't need to reinvent anything. We just need to artistically and, you know, director of photography, make this fucking awesome and epic and easy peasy. Yeah. So it's like everything that comes out. I'm like, I'm excited to see this. I'm going to see it. There's not, there's no ambiguity of like whether or not I should or not. It's just like, no, I'm going to see it. I know it's going to be good. Sure. And they've built themselves up a reputation enough where they have earned the benefit of the doubt. For 1000%. Yeah. Absolutely. They're allowed to, they have given themselves the opportunity to take risks like this. And if, one of them bombs, that's one in a million that, you know, everything else has been phenomenal. So it's like, no one cares. Them I think bombing, everyone was so surprised, myself included with Wanda in the beginning. I was like, what the fuck is this show? Like, yeah. I I hate this right now. And then I get to episode three. I was like, I take that back. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dumb fucking idiot <laughs> for judging too soon of your genius of what this fucking show is. <laughs> like, I agree with that. But I'm yeah. also going to be the first person to say... Talking to Winter Soldier, I thought it was okay. Yeah, yeah, it was that, okay. Yeah, that was. I think we think it was sure. it was good just because it's Marvel. Yeah. If it wasn't Marvel, we'd be like, oh, yeah. okay. I think the first part well, of it was, was really okay. Good. It's like a strawberry flavored fucking show. It's okay. Yeah, I, 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 amazing. Strawberry Loki. I'm like, I know everybody's super excited, and I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's. I, it's I like Wanda more. Weird. I think it's going to get weird. I think it's yeah. supposed to get weird, and that's why I'm oh, excited. Hey, baby. Hi, it's, baby. It's setting up. <laughs> she, said, she said, don't talk shit about Marvel. Hi, Binky. <laughs> I think. Hey, say hi to the boys. <laughs> hi, man. <laughs> I liked, what I liked about uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was their deeper dive into their relationship. I thought those moments were great. I thought the plot oh, line fantastic. was super light with the new Captain America. I thought their... I didn't really like, I mean, I get why they, they casted him and it, it, it's perfect for the, all the feelings I felt of like, fuck this dude. But at the same time, I was just like, I mean, hey, yeah. are you talking about okay uh, for me. Yeah. U.S. soldier? What is, yeah, what it is, is he? It's just so, it's so, it's just so arrogantly dumb. And I, I just, I don't know. How many officers, officers did you know like that? Hmm? <laughs> I was just saying, did he remind you of just an officer that you guys... Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. absolutely. The, the arrogance and like it's it, that that beside itself, like yes, absolutely to that. But and that that was pointed. That's the point of the character. The point of the character <laughs> is to be that he's not, you know, he's not Rogers. It's not that's not who he is, and that's the point. But the like, oh, we need a symbol of, and then him fighting fucking super soldiers as a regular dude who was just an infantry officer. Who got three Medal of Honor? Like everything about it, fucking pissed me off. I was just like, whatever. Yeah. It that part of the show sucked, but and I think you know Ian's right in that in in that regard. But like, I I did what I really enjoyed was the moments between the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I yeah. thought those were great, and they're like those actual honest great. moments of just like he like uh uh but Bucky's fucking like conversations with him of just uh what he had left him in the legacy and how he like turned that over and then him understanding like it's not that fucking simple like that whole dynamic that whole conversations the things that weren't said but were and like i thought that was fantastic i'm getting goosebumps fucking thinking about it other stuff in the show was light 
Yeah. Sure. I think the villain, it was a bad villain. I think I did yeah. not give a shit about that girl. And what, also, St. Pierre, get the fuck out of here. I couldn't even really tell you why, what her you... goal was. Like yeah. It had something about refugees after the, like, it's like there was no investment into that villain. Like, I did not give a right. shit about the villain. Yeah, and that—that's what this, this is. What I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it, it was. Just okay. Wandavision was beautifully done, like yeah. beyond beautifully done. Yeah, you get past yeah. those first, first two episodes, and you're gonna love that goddamn show. Yeah, yeah. Winter Soldier. I mean, I no. Well, that, part that's of, like I just I don't I don't care to watch that again. Like it's not yeah. gonna, no. If I never watch it again, I'll be perfectly content. But I'm gonna yeah. rewatch Wandavision. Yeah. Well, the, and the thing I want to see is, more is, Easter eggs. Right. And but the, also the bar was just set so high with that show, and that was to Marvel's credit that that's what they started out with. And um, they also started out with the bar so low. <laughs> yeah. Because of how bad it started, but like, no, 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 we're gonna fuck your minds. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> you better wear a condom because I got a dirty mind. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, well, we have to end this show on 20 questions to so do this for the third time in a row. Mayor of Easttown um, gets four kittens, by the way. What's that? Mayor of Easttown on HBO gets, gets four kittens. Four out of five oh, kittens. Yeah. Uh, Are we on kittens? kittens? We're no uh, longer we, taquitos. We're kittens? I love I'm it. kittens. You're taquitos. You're taquitos. Okay. Um, Got it. Okay. Bobby. Bobby I thought we made I a change. Agree. I know I hadn't been here in a little bit. No, no. <laughs> Bobby, I, I agree. I really like that show, too. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Kate Winslet still got it. Still got um, it. Still got it. Um, and I, I highly recommend to watch it. I, I know it's it's going to be a it's not you're not going to be on the edge of your seat type of show, but um, it's the storyline itself and um, just the acting chops on Kate Winslet and the other people in that in that show. It's just uh, it was yeah, the best. It. Yeah, it was the best like crime mystery show HBO has done since first season of True Detective. I agree. Is that right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, that was uh, better. That was better than season three of True Detective for sure. Interesting. Better than season I, three. I didn't. Even I liked. Yeah, yeah. I liked Mayor of Easttown more than season three of True yeah, Detective. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And I scrapped season two. That doesn't. Exist. Is, yeah, is season, season three, three of even. True Detective worth watching? Absolutely. I like. Yes, one hundred percent. Okay. Mahersha Ali is worth watching it alone. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. I thought no Porter. you'll like season three. I thought Mayor of Easttown. I just recently got HBO back, so I'm like, what do I watch? Live it up, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Mary Beast Town was better. It. The flight attendant was okay, not worth flight it. Flight was good. Yeah, this is much better than that, though. Oh, for sure, um, uh, absolutely. And they how they got that Delco Philly accent down so was... good. Did you see the SNL skit about it? No, I haven't. Oh, you go <laughs> go watch it after this. It's... Oh my God, Kawhi Leonard murdered. God damn it, murdered. murdered. <laughs> Sorry. Oh the my delay. God. God. Oh shit. Everyone, oh, wait, what's just, happening? It's gonna be a little bit. Oh my! Tom's freaking Atlanta. out. Porter's breaking shit. Lightning's striking down the street from my house. Good, good, freaking good. God, roll, yeah, roll, roll us out. Just with with Mayor of Easttown, that that was de- very much a, a who done it, but it, it was just a. Um, <laughs> um, On my screen, it looks like Ian's. Ian's playing with kittens, <laughs> playing with keys right now. <laughs> oh damn! Oh, you just saw the dunk. Yeah. Uh, that was funny. Um, I'm still right. thought of him taking free throws. Well, you got a minute. That that was. That's gonna be on TV for a long time. 
I'm going. Wow. Is this it, Kevin? Um. All right. Well, we're gonna do twenty questions. Dope. All right. This is Porter's first twenty questions, I think, too. No, he he participated in the last one. Oh, that's right. I like half of it. Oh. Oh. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Oh. That that was. What happened? What did I do? Did I break? Dunk. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of the best? That's one of the best dunks I've, I've. Oh my god, Kawhi! He's unreal, dude. Stop Kawhi! And the be- <laughs> the like, best part about him is like, there's no showboat about it. No, it's just I'm gonna I'm gonna dominate you, and then I'm gonna turn defense. around and go back and play defense. Just go yeah. back and play D. They're showing it right now. Oh my god! Yeah, I was gonna say the the actually the crazy part is that the game's going back and forth. They haven't shown the replay yet. <laughs> You know it's a good dunk when you make this face. The DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, like, oh my god, Kawhi. <laughs> um, That's two in this playoffs. That was Marquise yeah. Morris. He did that on. I don't know who that was on. That was god, Marcus. Joe Ingles. I love you, Joe Ingles. He's such a dick. He's such a dick. That he's just so white. Yep. But, he, but he's trying to save me points right now. <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready for 20 questions? Yes. Let's do it. Ian, you have the over? Uh, no, I took – now I took the live bet of uh, Utah plus 22 and a half. So just don't Get blown fucking out. suck this year. Yeah. Don't Utah. be fucking sucked. Skate better. We're not going to be sucked. Just don't be fucking sucked. That's all I care about. We're not gonna be fucking sucked this year. I haven't won a playoff game since. All right, I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> I serious. hedged and I hedged hard. Thanks, Ted. Thanks, Ted. Um, All right, go ahead, Porter. Tom. Just to remind you, the twenty questions. Now I know you are not gonna know who this player is. However, use strategize in terms of we're gonna ask twenty yes or no questions. So, I remember you. That. You you can still assist very much with asking the right ones that could help mm-hmm. eliminate. A lot of possibilities for the two avid fans um, next to you, or at least they're next to you on my screen. I got you. All right. Let's do it. Does he play offense, or did he play offense? He did not. Wait, what's... Oh, never mind. Which way are we going? Doesn't matter. Me? All right, let's go me. Was he a quarterback? I just asked if he played offense. He said no. Oh, I thought you said defense. I'm sorry. Offense, offense. Did he play? No. He did not Why? play quarterback, so no. No, that don't count. <laughs> it technically does. But I stopped I'm him before. Watching, I'm on a delay here. I'm watching my <laughs> goddamn money. <laughs> Ask your question, Ian. God damn it. Did he play quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> Three. I said corner. I didn't say corner. Wow. But actually, yeah, did he play cornerback? <laughs> no. Uh, did he play in the 1990s? He did not. Uh, did he play in the 2000s to 2010? He did not. Okay. 
So what we know now is he's a defensive player. He's a quarterback. Who is who is not a quarterback. <laughs> and he did not play in the 90s, nor did he play in the 2000 to 2010s. He did not play between 1990 and Are we, we sports-specific, or we have to find that out? It's the Washington question. football team. It's a Washington it's, football it's team Washington member. football team? Got it. Okay. okay. And it's a player, right? We're not talking yes. coaching staff here. A single okay. player. Just yeah. checking. Yeah. Just checking. Yeah. More the so, years. So he's either 2010 to now, or he's 90s and below. 89 or below. Yeah. 89 or below. Thank you. Yes. It could be a late one. Did he play under Joe Gibbs? One. No. Five questions in. Porter. Does he hold any major records? No. Did he play? Is this the... All right. If this is not a not fair question, I will allow it. I'm, I, I'm I am. Not confident this is fair. I can break it up if so, but you let me know. Did he play defensive line in the 2010s? That is a fair question. He did not play defensive line in the 2010s. Okay. I was trying to knock out two possibilities with one I see question. What you're, I see what you're doing. Because <laughs> that was a yes. That knocks out two things in one question. But, I don't, but did it, though? If it's a yes, but then the we, way the way Tom answered that, he didn't have to be on the sketchy. line. No, I know, but that's the thing. That's why it's a, it's like a risky question because if it's yes, that means we narrowed it down to his position. Bobby, what, Bobby. If Lo- what if it's like Lorenzo Alexander, who, who could line up on the defensive line? I would never have Lorenzo Alexander. That's too easy. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Ian, what you got? Is he a whitey? He is not. Damn it. (laughs) If we're not counting the quarterback question, we're eight questions in. Quarterback question does not count. Eight questions in. Eight questions in. So what we know now. Greg? Is he is a defensive player that is not a defensive end from the 2010s or a cornerback, and he is not white. He did not play in the 90s, and he did not play under Gibbs Part One. Okay, again, with my two part question, doesn't mean that one part of those is not correct. Or you see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So one of those could be correct. be correct. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's why it was a risk. So are the 2010s knocked out or no? No. We just know he wasn't a defensive line in that era. Doesn't mean he didn't play in that era. Hmm. Did he play in the 2010s? Thank you. Porter. Yes, he did. Yeah. I was like, I was like, please ask it, Porter. Tired of this ambiguity. 
Yes, he played in the 2010s. Okay, did he play linebacker? No. What the fuck? So he was not a corner, not a linebacker, not a defensive end that played in the 2010s who is not white. Sean Taylor. <laughs> no way. <laughs> we are. Did play, we are. Did he, we did are, he play safety? He did. Yeah. That is our 11th question. Son of a bitch. Look at that you, is, boy. That is a safety who is not white from the 2010s. I think we got that he's not white. We don't have to add, add that every time. <laughs> no. No. No, what else? <laughs> he's not white. He's clear. Precious. Precious. He's I'm clear. sorry. Let, let, let me let me What do you think is Land? What do you think? He is a, he is a safety from the 2010s who is not Reed Dowdy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bang. Perfect way to do it. How many questions we got left? You have nine questions left. Landry. <laughs> I'm not counting that. <laughs> Porter, ask numbers. like Ask uh, practical questions. Okay. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Uh, safety. What are they usually? They're like... Uh, does his number fall between one and 30? No, that's an excellent question though. That's what we're talking about. That's my boy. So how many we got left? Seven, eight, eight. Yeah. We have 12 questions in. So you got eight, eight. So his number, does his number fall between 30 and 39. No. That is very specific. <laughs> well, it can only now be 40 and 49 because back then... Oh, is three more? Is that your question? Say yes. We have like seven more. Yeah. How many safeties could there be? Uh, Tom's yeah. face. Yeah, it's my question. It is not cream. Oh, damn it. Ian, why did you waste our question like that? <laughs> Tom's face for a second. That is an excellent, excellent player. That is a God perfect 20-question one. I thought, actually, that, I thought that was a Tom fucking... Like, yeah, no, actually, Pete used that on, on JP and B. Mitch oh, a few really? weeks ago. Yeah. Tom's face for like a split second made me think you nailed Hello? it. <laughs> he was like... All right, he so. had backups. He had backups. <laughs> Well, a lot of a lot of shower thoughts with these. What? <laughs> Don't tell Daniela. <laughs> are, are you thinking about? No, I'm just coming up with obscure <laughs> players that you guys can't think of. Well, I mean, teach their own. I mean, Tom, you want to think about fucking you know whatever. <laughs> You guys don't think about the Redskins in the shower? I do all the no, time. No, it's fine. No, I fine, think about the dude, Washington bud. football team, Tom. Yeah. Dang it! <laughs> it's like two or three times today. <laughs> Some racist ass bullshit. Fuck! I thought I had that one. I kind of did too. That was good. The racism that was, is sexual. That was and dangerous. Uh, what else? Was it Porter's turn? Yeah. Yeah, it was a turns. I don't know. Just go, num- just go numbers. 
just narrowed down to the actual number. Well, we just found out it's between 40 and 49. Keep on narrowing it down. You guys would know. That doesn't, it'll, that doesn't narrow down us. the number of safeties between those two. I mean, it's still nine numbers. Yeah, how many fucking safeties between all of those? On the, how many times are there be? You know how bad we've sucked, Greg. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying. <laughs> Do you know how many numbers there have been? Fair point. A lot, Fair and point. we don't retire numbers too because we're weird. Has this person ever been on a highlight reel that we've watched and been like, "Oh my god"? You know, that's a really good question. Honestly, I, I, I want to say yes. Then I, I want to say no. Also, like mediocre player. This is a rando. Tom's trying to fuck us. I, I, that's what it is. A rando. <laughs> I don't know. This is whatever. I, apparently, I'm the only one asking good questions. You, you actually have been asking very good questions. How many are we right, at right you, now? How many are we at right yeah, now? Yeah, you guys have asked me 15 questions. So five more. We still have five more. That's that one counted, but you didn't. You didn't give, really give us an answer on that, so that shouldn't count. As yeah, question. that's also a, a kind of a subjective question, though. Like, I agree. I'm, so you should let him get another one. <laughs> we don't get an answer. That the question doesn't count. Porter, what you got for me, buddy? Uh, I don't know. I don't know any of these fucking idiots. Um, You thought about 2010s fucking say I don't. You thought about him in the shower. (laughs) Tommy likey the shower thinky. I have a cup. All right. I don't know, dude. Porter asked. Why am I? You ask it. Why am I asking? Are you giving up your que- your guess or question? I already guessed. Or your question? Or no, or did that that seriously was, didn't count? I get a we we got six questions now. Okay. Well, I mean, um, you had a great question, but there was no real answer. All right. Um. No, nothing to to go uh, off of. Uh, did he go to a recognizable school or some podunk shit out of nowhere? It's a good. That's a good question. Uh, Porter, uh, phrase it. Power five. Sure, what yes. he said. I don't know. <laughs> yes, yes, he went to a power five school. Power five. That means yes. a big school. Great, great question. All right, I was going to ask right. that. Okay, don't worry. So, well, I was going to ask along those lines. So, Denaro, down even further. Well, you heard that? Did you? Did, this is a power five. Did he? Ah, oh, shit. We're getting down there though. Uh, four left. All right. Did he play college ball in the ACC? He played college ball for his school while they were in the ACC. Oh, oh, that's that's got to be it right there. I think I, if you guys don't know the fucking answer, like you little, I feel like he just gave it to you. No, this is not a this is not a gimme. How's that not a gimme? How many right. schools would have been in the ACC? So, and, 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 I, and I'm and I'm but the nice players, Porter, the players are fucking. I think Bobby's got it. I think I might have it. How many well, how many Bobby, guesses we got, Tom? Too, so let's go. Let's go. How many questions we got left, Tom? Three? You got four more questions. Bobby, just fucking say your guess. No, no, we can no. We no, no. Keep narrowing it down. We have 
Keep keep narrowing yep. it down. One, two, three. Yeah. Well, and I feel like would, I was you, I at was, this point. Was, you guys would know a qualifying narrowing down did, question did better he, than did I would. Did he go to Maryland? Yes. There it is. Okay, Porter, ask whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I know it. What is no idea who these people would be? I I, I know. I will preface this. All right, uh, Porter, can I guess? Just so I guess. I've been telling you to guess. I will preface this by saying I had no clue until the college uh, clues or answers. So kudos to Tom. This is a good one. My guess is he a Terp, Madhu Williams. Yes. Yes. (laughs) There's like only like two Terps to ever play for Maryland. (laughs) I mean, I've heard of the the Redskins. The 2012 starting free safety for the Washington football team was Madhu Williams. Um, He was actually, that was his last (laughs) year in the league. A local guy from Atlanta, Maryland, and PG County. Now, Porter, your question, did he do something that from a highlight tape that you remember? And the answer to that is he did have a pick six in that Vikings game to seal it, the one that RG3 famously ran down like 80-plus yards to – for that touchdown, oh, but wow, I remember that. there was a pick six in that game, and it was Madhu Williams was the one that did it. See, if you would have said he had a college tape that we watched, I would have been like way more into like that would have been a bigger clue. The Mar- yep. it was the Mar- when you said that he played for an ACC See, school. And I, I feel like I was I was generous. That was that generous because I because I could have said, well, man, it was in the Big Ten, but while he was there. You could have just we said. Were, we, I think if you would have yeah, said yes, that would have been fair. We, would ne- we never would have guessed an ACC team. Nah, I was leaning towards yeah. uh, like David Amerson before. Yeah, that. That's, yes, right. That's what I was. He, he, was he was a corner, cornerback. That's true. NC State. But and then who, who who's the other safety? <gasps> oh, uh, OJ Atagwe was probably the other guy you're yeah, thinking of. Yeah. But once no, you Chris. I'm not. I'm not saying any other names because these are guys for later. Yeah, so. but once you said. Uh, while they were in ACC school, that that did it. That yep. did it for me. Yep. All right, guys, that was fun. That was a good one. Yep. How so, many? He played like what? Maybe ten games for us, or did he start the whole season? He started the whole season. Damn. All season. I just remember that because I was still in college at, at Maryland at the time, and like all yeah. my buddies were like, "Oh, he played for Maryland." I was like, "None of you guys were Maryland fans. Like these are all my New York friends. Like none of you guys were Maryland fans growing. We don't remember him playing for New Maryland. York friends. Yeah." I do. I remember. I remember. I remember. That's awesome. All right. Cool. Good episode to uh, get back on the uh, grind. Uh, Megan missed. Thanks. Megan missed it by a lot. She guessed uh, an hour forty-six. We are at two hours fifteen. <laughs> what an idiot! Two hours thirteen. So I think. Uh, but did you tell her that Porter wasn't going to come on? No, I told Porter that it was going to be on. But you know what was not on the rundown, though, is 20 questions. True. Mm. The rundown stops. I show her the, run, the rundown every time. The rundown stops at Ryan Gregory's. That's fair. Well, 20 questions also didn't take us more than 15 minutes. 20 so. questions took a while. Yeah, but mm, that's true. 20 questions took a while. That was uh, 10 minutes, right? Yeah, it was like 15, maybe 15, 10 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Either way, she was wrong. Yeah. Um, all right. Is that it, Tom? Yes, sir. All right. 
Indubitably. That is going to do it for this episode of the Put Me In Coach podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to log on to Macy's.com and get your suits for the summer. <laughs> you got three hours. You got three hours left. You got till the, midnight Pacific time. At the end of this recording. I bought another one during the podcast. <laughs> so Porter has three new suits. Tom's about to get one as well. I'm probably yeah, I'm about to buy one. I'm, I'm probably about to re- I'm gonna return one. So is Iggy. I got, I got two Ralph Lauren and I got one Michael Kors. I really like the Michael Kors one. Well, you can follow these dapper young men on Twitter <laughs> at Tom underscore Natalie for Thomas, at Ian underscore Foster 21 for Iggy, and at Dress to the Dimes for Porter. I am at Bobby <laughs> underscore Blanco uh, on Twitter as well. And also follow Put Me In Coach Podcast at PMIC Podcast across the board on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all the latest content updates and tweets from us. It's mostly just us talking um, about sports and what's going on in the world. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for making, tuning in. Hopefully it's not a month before you hear from us again. Uh, if not, enjoy happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there listening and uh, happy 4th of July. If we don't talk to you before, before 4th of July, we will definitely talk to you before the Major League Baseball trade deadline and see what the Nationals do. See if the Orioles are able to add any more prospects. Um, and then, of course, wrapping up the NHL and NBA playoff seasons before looking ahead to fucking NFL training camp. That's like a month and a half Whoa. away. We're already back close to the start of football season, which is insane. For Tom, Ian, and Porter, I am Bobby. Thanks so much again. Have a good week, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Bye. My watch is ended. This has been Put Me In Coach Podcast. Screw you guys. I'm going.